Production. Recorded live. Yes, well, good evening. It's Brother Shorty, and uh, we are going to be live here for a couple hours, and we have a special topic that we want to talk about a little bit. It's called the Special Master, and we will get to that about 15 after the first 15 minutes. We will do meet and greet, and at 8.15 uh, St. Louis time, uh, we're going to switch over and let Jeffrey talk about the uh, Repent Church campaign if he comes on, and we could give him, you know, 30, 45 minutes, and then after that, we're going to have open mic. Uh, hopefully, everyone will start rolling in here in a little bit, and we'll get the first 15 minutes out of the way, and then we'll get to uh, talking about our... Uh, Special master document. Is there anyone else on here besides Charles? Uh, yes, Jeremiah is on the call. I'm here and from Northern California chiming in. Very good. Hopefully we'll get the rest of them floating in here in a little bit. That's what counts Marvin. right there. Marvin. Well, glad yeah. to hear you, bud. And you, Cody. What's that? Same to you. It's good to hear both of you brothers on the call. How you doing, Marvin? Good, you? Well, basically just trying to hang in there every day and uh, learning more and more, staying focused, and, yeah, support here for, you know, everybody's ambition here to uh, wage liberty on the world and on the elect. <laughs> nice choice of words, Jeremiah. So are you a paper generator there, Jeremiah? Well, you know what? It's possible if the, I have the right fire behind me that, you know, anything is possible. The idea is once you feel, you know, once you get connected with the right people, things pretty much start moving in their own direction. And, you know, I've been seeing more, more, more and more how there's a, you know, spiritual purpose, spiritual purpose behind all of this. So... Yeah. yeah. I'm going to just uh, yield. I'm going to yield the mic for a minute and walking through kind of a noisy area. Okay. Shorty. Yes. Um, I'd like to point out a couple things real quick to kind of segue um, into a few things. Um, uh, first thing on my mind is. Um, uh, Jeremiah, Don, and I have uh, um, um, developed a closer working relationship here behind the the organizing of the the townships and the precincts and the Jural Society things. And okay. I, I'd like to briefly point out a, an even more solid link to the Christianity that you're so uh, committed to. Uh, and myself and many of us, um, but but the 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 town constable, the chief officer of the of of the township, he was also known. The he 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 was referred to as the deacon, that, that uh, and town constable and peace officer and tithing man and all those things. But see, well, it, I, you know, my perspective is is that he was not considered, but he held the title of. Well, he, right? he, he, 
he occupied the office. He he was he had that governmental authority of the township jurisdiction. Right, but he was also uh, uh, considered a deacon. Well, well, it's all the same thing when when you look at it from a religious Christian's perspective instead of a secular humanist Roman perspective. Okay. See, it, it all plugs into our Christian our, our Christianity because everybody knows uh, a, a deacon is an officer of the church. Well, when you also realize that that's your peacekeeping officer that gets to wear a gun and make arrests and things for your local township jurisdiction, that 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 helps put a whole lot of resources together in 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 one vehicle where you can go out and start doing righteous battle against the devil worshippers. Mm. I, I thought that was worthy of drawing out. And what was the other point I was going to make? Um, oh, uh, um, the the, uh, the the special master thing that that you want to segue into here soon. Um, yeah. Uh, that I, I believe that is uh, um, an equivalent equivalent uh, uh, authority of appointing your own judicial officer which would be a justice of the peace or a precinct captain for the precinct level of common law jurisdiction? Well, in reality, my study leads me oh, to believe... Oh, that was excellent. I love what you just said. Thank you. Yeah. Well, my studies have led me to believe that once a person is assigned as a special master, they have delegated authority, which would allow them to have this similar situation as a durable power of attorney. Well, I, I, I think I, I, I think the power of a judicial officer is even greater than the power of a, uh, a, a durable power of attorney. Well, I would agree, but I say there there's a... Uh, Charles would be 100% correct because power of attorney is, I think, a state thing, isn't it? You have to have power of attorney. Well, hold on. I mean, that's an agency issue. That comes down to delineation between state author, uh, authorized action and then, and then common law. So the power of attorney is an agency. Originally, it's an agency, and that falls under common law, but it's been hijacked again. That's all. That special master is only assigned to this one case. I mean, that's only all they got the special master for. Well, here, here's some of the stuff in a special master form that I have, and that's, to, okay, item one, to be assigned as a special master with durable power of attorney in my behalf and appear with me in all actions and proceedings to which I may be a party of in the courts of this state of, and then you put it in there in, administrative proceedings commence or defend actions, proceedings, uh, in my name when necessary to sign and to verify my name on all complaints, petitions, answers, and other proceedings of every description to represent me and to act for me and to make and execute and deliver receipts, waivers, consents, and other documents or instruments in this connection with my dealings with the state of, and then you put it down. And then item two, 
to take charge of, manage, execute, deliver any arrangements or other instruments relating to my affairs concerning regarding affairs and the above uh, cause of action to carry out any terms of any agreement to change or rescind any agreements previously executed by my signature and above petition party. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, to request and to receive any and all records and other documents and copies of the same, whether or not confidential or restricted or other information under my control, uh, information records or any documents held pertaining to myself to make and execute and acknowledge or deliver any and all written instruments or documents in of any kind whatsoever. Did you catch that? Well, yeah, a lot of lot went by there, and um, it, it seems to me like there's a big, long, detailed list there that may or may not include everything that's in the judicial power of a justice of the peace for the precincts. Right, but this is a special form of the uh, special master document what we've done is we've decided to incorporate in there the duties of the individual which may be pertinent to the case. And so once it's established, then it's done. Well, does does he I, I, I didn't catch all the details of what you read there. It'd be nice to have uh, is that document posted on the web someplace where we can look at it? I can forward it to you. Okay, well, that'd be a step in the right direction. Besides okay. Andrew here, there's also somebody from Illinois who might like to introduce themselves here. Mm-hmm. Illinois? What's that now? I didn't hear the question. Somebody from Why? Illinois is, uh, we were inviting them to identify themselves. They're clearly in the uh, conference here. Jonas Delagrange. Jonas, glad to have you on here. Yes, it's a wonderful night. I'm still traveling down the road, so I'm trying to stay muted because this truck is loud. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. Um, you got anything coming up? I haven't got anything in yet today, or I haven't heard nothing more back from them, so I was still waiting to find out some more or hear anything more out of them. Did you get that van taken care of? The what? Taken care of? The van? Yes, I I did, and it was a real joke. My transmission come Got oh, loose yeah. and one of my bolts went through my my. Or I told you about that. The oil filter. Yeah, but yeah, we got we got that back in here and got some cooking going on here, so I haven't solved it yet. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we're hey, can I say something? Here. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, this is Donaldson here. I'm also known as Jeremiah, but I go by Donaldson all the time on Facebook. Um, 
the durable power of attorney document got sent to Charles. Actually, so Charles what, it to you. Thank you. That's nice of you. I appreciate the consideration. Um, did you? Did you? Get what I wanted to say was, I apologize. Let me, let me hear me out. If you don't mind the leverage that I'm asking for, you'll be. I think you'll benefit in the end. Uh, I, I was wondering if maybe you could also forward to either Charles or myself, right? Um, what 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 you've been putting into the this uh, record, so that way I can analyze uh, the construction of the of the writing, and then note and send it back with notes. Okay, so what you want to do is an eval of which case? Uh, the the um, the lawful American. The one with the milk issue? With the what? I'm, I'm talking about the Amish individual. Okay. Well, I sent you the documentation, and I've tried to call you several times. I don't know what happened. Okay. okay. What email address are you? Let me, let me go in right now while we're on the subject and find your email. Okay. Um, what may I ask is your email address? Affordable Auto Repairs, three forty-five at Gmail. It's not in here. Can you can you do me a favor and send? Well, I I had to redo stuff, but we got the program, and I'm about ready to fire up the uh, uh, the videos on this here. Uh, we can talk a little later about this, uh, but the, the long and the short of the documentation we put in the court he was facing sentencing within two weeks and we filed this document to stop the whole process by an argument of jurisdiction and once we've done that there then they decided whoa wait a minute we better plea bargain with him prior to that they wanted to give him 69 years a hundred thousand dollar fine and they jumped from that to uh, one-year probation and a $25,000 fine, and they thought that he would go with it. And during the time of the court case, when the judge came uh, in there to chambers to address the sentencing, he said, and we're looking at uh, getting a hard copy of the transcripts, that I see that you've taken away my jurisdiction, but I'm going to give you six years in jail. Are you there? <clears throat> Donaldson, are you there? I guess we lost. But anyway, I got that special master document up. I'm going to play some of it, and then we're going to, uh, uh, let's see here, where are we at? Yes. And so uh, without... Any other interruptions, we're going to get right to it. And we're going to start right now. Court order was really interesting. A guy was in jail and he asked me to help out, and I was just fresh studying this stuff. But I had formed some ideas. So he understood sovereignty. And he, had, he was careful to guard his position. So the municipal court had him and in jail, 
And so he moved for habeas corpus in the Superior Court. Superior Court rubber stamped a no on it. So I made a second motion for habeas corpus. He said no again. So then what he did, you know, that, it was after that that I got involved. And he said, uh, so what we talked about it, and what we had him do is appoint me as a special master in his court. Now, a special master has any power that the sovereign will allocate to him. There's no limit on a, on a magistrate or a special master, I mean, if the sovereign grants it to him. So in this case, he granted me the power to um, take uh, depositions, to investigate, and do a whole bunch of other stuff, and to hold hearings, okay? So I wanted to pause that there. Did everyone hear that uh, special master could have any authority that he delegates? Did everyone yes. hear that? Yeah. Yes, and, and then, uh, it sounded like Bill was um, uh, also affirming that special master equals the, equals the authority of a magistrate. There you go. Well, okay. let me uh, magistrate. Magistrates have, have are recognized in Oregon statute as carrying the judicial power, which is the equivalent of what a common law justice of the peace has. There you go. Let me play a little bit more of it, and then it, it's just about a minute. All right. While I was working on the case, we heard a rumor, jailhouse rumor, that they were going to bring his case up on the following uh, Monday. So that Monday, I dressed up like an attorney. I had a pinstripe suit and tie. I looked very much like an attorney. <laughs> and I got there early, and I managed to wrangle an audience with the judge, went into the judge's chambers. And I said to the judge, I said, I've been appointed as a special master in the Superior Court. And by the way, I had it filed, and I had a certified copy in my hand. And... Uh, And so if I if sometimes I'm shifting around paragraphs, so I'll cut it out here. Sorry about that, I had it queued up wrong, but uh we got the gist of the beginning of the special master. Uh, I think maybe Andrew, are you still on? Uh yes I am. Do yep. you have any input on this uh special master document that you'd like to share? Uh, right now, no, I don't. No. Okay. In fact, is uh, is that something you you just sent out recently, or or well, something yeah, we've had in file? Over the period of time you and I have been working together, yes, I did bring it out. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, have that in front of me. Okay. No. Well, anyway, uh, again, I mean, you know, we may have some new people on the line. Uh, this special master document, the way that I've incorporated it is is that I've, I've uh, at least put the power of durable power of attorney uh, incorporated in this so that uh, during the time of the process of the proceedings that uh, 
there won't be any question about this individual doing things for him. You know, uh, the signing and the verifying his name on all complaints and petitions and answers and other pleadings of every description to represent me and to act for me and to make and execute and deliver receipts, waivers, consents, and other documents and in instruments uh, connected with my dealings with the uh, state of, and then you put it down there, or to take charge, manage, and execute, and deliver any arrangements or other instruments uh, related to my affairs and concerns regarding the affairs of the above cause of action, to carry out terms of any agreement to change or resent any agreement previously executed by my signature to all above-mentioned parties by me in my behalf as he deems necessary, you know, and it goes on and on. I've got a three-line insert that goes with it. I've got uh, one set up that was set up for Samuel, but the thing of it is we were a little bit too late in there on that, and so we did the best we could for the time being, and we're going to come back, and uh, we're going we're gonna to take down this uh, situation here. Uh Anybody with any questions about the special master document? I have one in front of me. Charles, Donaldson, Marvin. Uh, Shorty, um, do you th this is Charles. Do you think uh, the special master document could be um, uh, modified to include wording sure. that um, also... Yeah. Uh, uh, it included that we're asserting a claim that the special master has judicial power to uh, the equivalent of a magistrate uh, well, and, and justice um, of the peace, and to sure. and, and to arrive at um, um, uh, 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 judgments, decisions with regard to the controversy. Uh, I think that'd be a great idea. Uh, you know, this was put together at the last moment, so, you know, uh, without input from yourself and Andrew and Marvin and others, this is the best I can do, you know what I mean? But we we could consider uh, reformatting this document and uh, adding a few things. Uh, you did receive the copy? Yes. Okay, and so now that you have the copy, if you'd like to change it and then send me another copy, and then I'll review it and see what the deal is. That sounds good. Um, I was curious also, um, can you go into a little bit about um, what your plans are for trying to help Sam at this point? Well, I will go into generalities. I think... Uh, I, I would uh, have uh, Andrew to uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I have put together a um, kind of a, re a reworked the original document, and um, I haven't had a chance yet to send it uh, to Shorty. I'm, I'm still looking for the proper circuit uh, court, excuse me, not circuit, uh, um, yeah, the eighth or ninth circuit court of, of the of the um, of the state, uh, excuse me, the federal government, to um, put the header on this document. I haven't done that yet. Um, it's pretty much just getting back into the issues of uh, the jurisdiction that's lacking. I have uh, a number of uh, number of new sites under um, 
both uh, both the Supreme Court and um, it would be uh, some of the um, circuit courts added to this. And um, it's just focusing on that the particular court in uh, Kentucky uh, does not have delegated authority. And I just revamped it, but I made it a little bit more d- definitive with some um, uh, support out of uh, Randall versus uh, Delaware and uh, also Hells versus Hanky, uh, yeah, Hell versus um, uh, Hinkle. I, I added that in here with some uh, statements to it. So if this is going to move to a, uh, an appeals court, um, there isn't any facts that's um, evidenced anywhere that would be able to dispute what's here. None. So um, I like to In other words, another no-wiggle document. That's correct. Yeah, there's just absolutely no room for them to go anywhere. Uh, Again, I go back into Rule 54 out of Title 18, and um, between that and um, the other sites I just call attention to, the equity court, I I make a notice here, a note of it, the equity court only operates by contracts, and uh, that's not present. Um, the the indictment, again, is against the corporation, not against the man. And I, I redid some of that language, and um, it's going to hold the um, the lower court, the inferior court, to um, a standard that we started out uh, challenging them on. We're going to take that same challenge all the way to the, uh, um, the appeals court. And I understand that the... Um, the language in um, the transcript would validate the fact that even the judge recognized she doesn't have the jurisdictional authority to uh, adjudicate this matter. And that's where well, we get to get the real nail. Yeah, that's right, and that's what I'm kind of waiting for. I haven't sent it to you yet, but there's this is a rough that I put together. I'm up to I'm up to six points. And um, that's probably as much as I have to, uh, you know, put in place, except if I get the transcript, we can review that, and we probably would um, maybe add a point or two here. But I think this pretty much, in a nutshell, six points, removes the lower court's jurisdiction. The lower court, of course, is an act of, comes from an act of Congress. It is not an Article Three court, and it's um, a subordinate court when the action in, that actually took place that created the controversy happened in Kentucky. It did not happen in a in a territory that the United States has jurisdiction over. So the whole the whole thing is premised on the subject matter, uh persona and territorial jurisdiction again. And I think I think I've added some more court cases to support that. Okay. Uh, on this special master document I got, and uh, Andrew, you should have it. Uh, yeah, I, I did pull it up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been looking did, at it here. Did you see that how I had the opening coming out of there? Now comes Samuel A. Gerard, one of the people, and then I got number one besides it. And then in the state of Kentucky, here after the defendant, 
in this court of record, and then I got number two on it, proceeding according to the common law, and then I got a number three on it, and then I have uh, subnotes with one, two, and three on there incorporated in this. And so could you... Uh, yeah, uh, I've got the one, two, and three subnotes. This one is uh, in regards to uh, Hoving, Hoving. Uh, Kent E. Hoven, that's the one I have in front of me. Now, the one that I have in front of me says United States District Court, Eastern District of Columbia. But, yeah, that's the same thing. It, it, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, okay, that's what yeah, I have I just, right now. Uh, yeah, I just changed the header and the certificate of notice, you know, yeah. on this one. Uh, I, yeah, I have I, one question for you. Uh, the special master... Um, concept. Uh, you, where would you find a resource to validate that as being a, a given definition to that? Is that out of Black's Law? Uh, I'd have to research it for you and find it for you, but I think it wouldn't be much to do. You know, I could probably have something to you by noon tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I think that would be absolutely necessary. Because anything that we state has to be validated by uh, some issue that would more than support what we're saying. Because we want to hold them accountable to, you might say, their own laws or the legal uh, posturing that's around us. So um, I, I do. I would be very careful on how much I say that I can't validate. Yeah. Uh, that would again. That, I would appreciate the uh, the resource. In fact, as I can dig, if you tell me where to go, I can. I'll dig for it and uh, <clears throat> get something hard copy in front of me. Let's see if I can pull this up, and then I'll send everyone a copy of this. Uh, we, we need we need to do something to make the judge hold his feet to the fire. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, now, let me catch up a little bit here. The special master concept is uh, this document is going to be applied to um, who? Who's going to be? Who's going to act as a special special master? Well, we will get someone like maybe Jonas. Uh, to consider that their position, you know. A lot of times what happens is is people think, well, I'm not good enough to speak this, that, and the other. But with just a, a short training, uh, it, they can be dynamite in the case. There's a boy out of Illinois that's fought several cases and, and won, and we uh, we've been talking to him. I don't know if he's on yet or not, but he's going to be on tonight. Danny, you on? Hmm. Okay. In regards, I'm trying to catch up a little bit here. In regards to filing this uh, document in the appeals court, um, okay. Tell me where does a special master come in uh, to this particular procedure? Well. Uh, the best information I have is through Bill Thornton, and I send links on it. And so you have to listen to the documentation of it, you know. Uh, yeah. okay. I didn't find where he specifically went into how the authority was delegated. But he did say that the individual delegated the authority 
in his case. Now, what was the process of doing that? That's another story. And so we're probably going to have to finagle around that, you know? Uh, okay, I, I, I see. Uh, that's what I'm uh, concerned with. I, My experience has been in the fire. Uh, I know how much, you know, through my experience, I know... I'm confident in what I'm saying. Uh, some of this is a little outside of my view yet, and um, I, I want to be comfortable with um, how, how this is going to apply to the present procedure. In other words, what I'm putting together for you um, and to have you guys review this is where does the special master fit in? Can I jump in a little bit? Yeah. Charles here. Um, uh, I, I can approach it from a more organic level. I'm not sure exactly what the statutory codes authorize, but um, I, I know what the f word special means, and I know what the word master means, and I think it's um, uh, the, the Romanists that are implementing this process are, um, are, are, are probably in harmony with the organic definitions of that phrase. Okay, all right. Um, I, I can I can agree with you. I I know that there's got to be a resource to put, putting these two words together to have have a, a specific meaning to it. I, I I would imagine that's really there. I guess I'm I'm wondering how does that fit with just filing a, an action in the in the court appeals court? Then how does let, this particular let me go individual on, explain it from? From from the perspective of what I believe is organic common law, higher law, um, um, I, 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 that word master, it, it, it's a, a part of the the master servant relationship phrase, and yeah. and and master uh, in 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 common law jurisdictions and Bible law jurisdictions is is um, uh, I, the judicial officer of of the hundred level, the hundred court, um, which is related to the term of the Roman centurion that's referred to in the Bible. Um, uh, there, there's passages, I believe, in the New Testament where uh, a Roman centurion is talks about how he goes here and there, and he tells people to do this and do that, and he has soldiers around him, and everybody does everything that he says. Okay, again, that's, that's the status of one who has soldiers around him. Well, and it's also the status of, of 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 a master of that particular jurisdiction that has the judicial power under uh, Israelite Torah law. Okay, all right. Now, how does that apply to what we're what uh, the paperwork I'm doing right now? How, how does that apply to the paperwork I'm working on? That's what I'm talking. Well, is, does uh, Mr. Gerard become the special master? Well, uh, um, it, it would be good to only appoint one person, and I guess uh, Mr. Gerard or anybody that 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 Sam's delegates feel is appropriate, Shorty, uh, could be a special master. Uh, anybody with uh, uh, competence in how due process of law works and is competent to. To follow that process in administering justice, I would believe would be qualified to uh, assume the authority of a special master. Uh, okay, he, he's, now again the authority that we're alluding to 
How does that apply to the release of um, Samuel? If he's got authority. Allow me to finish my thought, please, and, and um, uh, then, then we can go on to that. I'd like to fill in the blank spot. That, that I've talked about the word master, but the word special. That, that's Roman civil terms of confusion. Uh, 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 where it just sounds real nice, special, oh, isn't that sweet? But uh, it, it really has no significance in the plan of Roman-sourced uh, uh, law to confuse everybody that's not on the inside. Converting it to common law terminology, I've had, I have case law that, that recognizes that the term uh, uh, special means in common law, private. So... the um, Part of the larger public jurisdiction that common law is all about recognizes private jurisdictions. Um, and so when the de facto Romanist recognizes that people like Sam have the right to appoint, quote, a special master, they're recognizing that people like Sam have the right to appoint a private um, jurisdiction uh, authority master over the case. And, and and this reaches to the Sixth Amendment where um, um, uh, the, the the right of the accused to be tried of crimes uh, is 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 in his own special venue jurisdiction uh, uh, districts. Um, and thereunder we've got the right to choose our own judges. It gets to the venue issue which is related to the jurisdiction issue which Shorty was emphatically um, uh, uh, articulating um, uh, through both his paperwork and his physical presence there in the court. Okay, I guess. I guess it's going to... I'm not quite on the page. I don't... There's a big gap in my... <clears throat> where I'm at. I don't know where we're going with this, I guess. I just... And to, well... In this present uh, situation, what 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 are we doing with this? Okay, well, what we're doing is we're signing a person with durable power of attorney to be able to contend with anything and everything regarding the case, the pleadings, the signing, and all that. Uh, oh, okay, signing. Okay, so now, all right, now you're saying is that whatever paperwork has is put in place, uh, someone has to sign for Samuel. Right. Uh, okay. Oh, well, now we're getting. Now I'm finding that we're going someplace with that. So because he's incarcerated, we need right. we need somebody to step in and to actually give uh, authorize the particular piece of paperwork. Now right. there is another. Right. But there right. is, well, okay, look, there's at the, another. Look, look at the document that you have in front of you, and look at what line item one and two is saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, the special master is like an attorney. He can hold the judge's feet to the fire. You know, he can make oh. that document stand up in court. I know, but see, here's the problem with what you're saying. The special master. I wonder if you're right about this. I have to do more investigation, but I'm pretty okay. sure that a special master authorized by the state law is probably not the same thing as a common law special master or representative, you know, or jury. So I, I, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and do some research and plug myself back in because I fell off the call earlier. Where did we, Charles, what are we talking about right now? Gordy? Special master. Okay, we're way past meet and greet, I take it. Yeah, hey, Shorty. Oh, yeah. Well, meet and greet was until 15 after, and then, you know, we got into it. So now, we, you know, we're we're about 20 minutes till the hour, and we're going to go until 15 after the hour on this. I did send you a copy of the special master document. I think everyone yeah. should have a copy of it now where yeah. they can look at it. Um, well, I'm actually going to my I'm going to my email right now. I I see the email. Okay, I appreciate the brief, and um, I'm gonna give that a look to you while he asks his question. But I do also want to say that I'm pulling up information about special master here in my own computer, right. and I will be able to chime in here. So. Okay. Uh, here's here's one. Of the, you made a comment about uh, he would be able to. Um, Sign for Samuel, but there is a way. There is a way to overcome that. Um, get a, get his signature on a piece of paper and take it to a printing company. Take it to a stamp company, and have that signature put into a stamp. Then anyone can act as his the authority. He could give anyone. Just, I mean. The question is going to be, is this your signature? All he has to say is, yes, that's my signature. I've authorized him that. Whether yeah, but he signed it or not. About the special master, whether he signed it or not, even if he does what you're saying, sir, there's one in Arkansas in 2014, the judge, uh, the court found actually that that special master was basically uh, still held to... Uh, the standards that come from the uh, Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct. And so that's what leads me to believe that um, there could still be an issue with the special master if, uh, position of standing if there's not some further uh, characterization of the jurisdictional, in the jurisdictional statement of the whoever's coming to uh the aid and as special master. That's all for now. Well, the idea with the special master right now is something that I'm toying with, and I wish we could have had this established earlier on in the case where we could have just walked into the judge's chamber and had a chat with him and then laid down the law to him. But we didn't have that. We were on a time crunch, and so that being the case, uh, we ended up with what we ended up with. Uh, although that we ended up with uh, uh, not a win-win situation now, but down the line, it's going to be big. Okay, so, so we have a special master at that point. What? How was that affect the judge's uh, dilemma? The court. Well, the. Well, the, the it's sort of like what you have going on in Michigan. You're taking the sheriff to hold the sheriff accountable. I'm going to. I'm going to be notice, I'm noticing the sheriff of his responsibility regarding uh, taxes and the uh, racketeering that goes on. Yeah, I'm going to be noticing him of that. 
uh, based on the fact that if, in fact, the judge adjudicates a matter against me regarding the property tax issue, it, it, in Michigan, that property is subject to what they call a sheriff's sale. And the sheriff is the one who stands up and validates that court's decision. And I'm giving the notice. I want. To, I'm going to be giving notice directly. We're going to have a conversation with the local, our local sheriff here, as to the particulars, and of which he already knows. I sent him all the documents. He has some questions about it, um, but he's open to talk about it. So I'm encouraged by that. That's oh, a little different than what we're doing here. Well, with, with regard to the special master position, uh, is that. Is there a special relations or relationship between um, uh, the the uh, the Amish gentleman? The, what's his name? Samuel. Samuel. Between Samuel and his special master, what is the relation there? The relationship between the two is going to be that he's going to represent Samuel because Samuel's in lockdown. And, so and how he, does mm-hmm. how does ahead. he know him? How does he know Samuel? Because the person that's assigned is going to be someone that's of his favor. Okay. Again, just, we, he doesn't. Okay, so you're saying? I'm sorry, Charles. Go ahead, Charles. I I, I suggest uh, Sam doesn't have to ha- have a personal knowledge of of. The person that's appointed as a special master, all Sam needs to do is have confidence that the person that he's appointing is 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 competent to defend his rights. That's right. And that's what then. That's why it demands a special relationship, and and not just anyone can step up, right? So, this this power. Well, of attorney, anybody that Sam approves can step up. It comes from Sam's delegation. Sam has the authority to delegate his judicial power to anybody that Are you talking is about, willing to assume it. Okay, you're talking about the ability to basically pass down power of attorney, and that's going to come down to the competency or the ability to reason of the person who's handing down that responsibility. So if he's deemed incompetent by the in some adjudicated way already, it, you have to pass that hurdle, you know, and... Uh, no, no, no. It, um, the, 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 the hurdle is passed when Sam puts his signature on the delegation of authority special master document. Um, no. uh, Does that's Sam not have the judicial review. Well, I guess the question would be if the special master is a common law fixture or is it something of a civil nature? It, 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 it includes both. It includes both. Well, go, can you give well, us that, a source or something that, that I can Donaldson, research? Because I'm Donaldson, actually looking for research. Donaldson, listen. The yes, idea of having the special master, he's going to be a go-between uh, the Seeking Justice Resource community. Okay? And so okay. everything that's brought to light to him will be transferred over to us. The decision will be made amongst the consensus, okay? Then the special master will act. Uh, Shorty, I've got to get off for a little while. Uh, I'll try to get back to you. This is Andrew. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah.
So did like who did, did you? Who did, did you? Okay, go ahead, sir. Did you hear what I said? Okay, explain it again because I mean. Okay, so once the special master is assigned, he has to report to the uh, seeking justice resource community uh, that's doing the work here. Okay, and so right. every time he he gets new input, he's got to give us. The input. Once sure. w- once we review everything, then we we take a vote on it, and then once the vote is made, whatever we established, he gets to do. That's fine if you guys want to have that type of uh, activity, but that does not make him uh, released from liability as a subject to the whatever state that he's in well, and their judicial the judicial well, code of the state. Okay. So why are we bringing up liability issues? We're talking about judicial code of the state that he's acting in. And that's they important. Don't have, they don't have any authority over the special master. You're, 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 you know what? Here's the thing about what you're saying. I'm looking at case law right now from 2014 in Arkansas where it says a special master is a judge subject to the Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct and the application of that conduct code is mandatory. It says judicial code of conduct, canon one, et cetera, and then it gives the case, Ahmad versus Horizon Pain Incorporated, and then gives the citation. I can, I'm going to go ahead and post that into the chat room. Just send me a copy of it. No, I'm going to post it in the chat right now. You'll have it. Let me get the link. I don't go to the chat room, so if you just want to send it to me, you can send oh, okay. it to me. I will. I'll send you right away the copy, sir. I apologize. I thought you were in chat. But I'm going to share it with both places. This is going to be fantastic information for you. Uh, the other thing well, is, let, let, me read, let me read this. Let me read this from the Virgin Islands in 1944. The statute authorizing a claimant to bring a suit in the United States District Court from whose custody vessel was taken under act authorizing the president to relinquish the idle foreign merchant vessel for purposes of national defense, uses quoted phrase as including the district court of the Virgin Islands and in sense of the United States court having admiralty, admiralty jurisdiction. So what we're talking about is the United States courts having admiralty jurisdiction. And yeah, but the special master... A, a special master is nothing more than like a delegation of authority on the sea of, kind of on the sea of commerce, if you will. Well, so we're going to have, there's a federal issue, federal issue. Go ahead. The, the special master jurisdiction is incorporated in the form. That's cool. I'm not fighting against it. I'm just giving some opposition to get, to see what you're going to say, and I definitely am prompting you. Because in well, Arizona, well, 2014, well, special law, which prohibited, which are prohibited by state constitution, favor one person or group and disfavor others. Is this special master doctrine that you rely on some sort of special law, which is anti to um, the, the will of the people? Okay. 
the first and foremost thing to do when going into court is to establish your court in their venue. And that's done in the paperwork. You go to uh, Sovereignty Video, Sovereignty 101 with Bill Thornton, and you go into Forms Number 10, and you'll be able to see that. And once you've established your court, then you pretty much have control of what's going on, what's allowed and what's not allowed. Okay. Let's do this. Because I'm looking, he, I hear what you're saying, and you're making a lot of sense. It does make sense, you guys, what he's saying, that you have a court, and you've got to get jurisdiction of it. But one thing that I'm noticing from the um, United States District Court, Eastern District of Kentucky Central Division uh, writing that you sent me is that it says here at the very top, notice, and then using a, punct a punctuation mark, this is lack of territorial persona and subject matter jurisdiction of the United States District Court Eastern District of Kentucky Central Division, right? And he says here, in fact, I, I blah, 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 here uh, in the here in the grievant, first of all, he said I, and then he gave his name with an A, he didn't give his true name, he needs to put his full middle initial, I mean full middle name. There's a mistake right there. Then he goes and says, I, Samuel, here in the grievant, and then a semicolon, am here by special appearance. I and then he didn't put a period and then he put I am one of the people. Okay, comma, we got a run on sentence, you guys. No wonder he's being fucked excuse me, screwed with. This document is not comprehensible. Go look at it yourself. I'll okay. put the link in the chat room. Okay. Here, here's the thing. That document is in rough draft form. It's not, it's not ready to roll out the, off of the terminal. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. You haven't sent it yet? Okay, thank God. I was just no, about to crap No, no. We, we, everything is in, <laughs> in protocol right now. Oh, my God. What do you mean, oh, my God? I'm just glad that you didn't send this yet because you were about to ridiculously make yourself look like uneducated. Regardless of how you think it looks, I'm looking at it, and I've been studying how to write with Here, law for the last six what, years. Here's what I would appreciate you on this program. Yeah. If you have something that's productive to what's already there, Mm -hmm. That is fine. But if you're going to sit here and say, oh, my God, this is uh, ludicrous. So that's what, that's what I mean. I hear your complaint. I'm going to cut you off because I hear your complaint. I, what we need to do is move forward. I'm willing to go ahead on the phone call and rewrite this, and we'll send it back to you. You have it by the time the call is done. And we don't have to wait. Then you have okay, perfect but, writing. Yeah. But at, at, the same, at the same time, I'm mm -hmm. not here to I'm not here to be little Andrew or Marvin or Jacob okay. or anyone else on this call, including yourself. Okay. And and so is there any way that you can change the tone of your conversation to other individuals that are working here? I don't know how you mean. I'm confused because No, you're not this is confused. Just me. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand, I understand it's you. But it's only you that are speaking in this manner. Okay. How about this? I will try and sound more like Charles, okay? 
because it seems like when I talk like Charles in his tone, people uh, actually pay attention a little, little more. They don't. I can't be personable on the calls because you get offended. But that's okay. Um, let me see if I can adjust. Well, I mean, you know, Sir, I believe that we don't need to talk about me. Let's talk. Some, I'm going to copy and paste your document right now into a um, Google form, and I'm going to rewrite it, and you can watch me do it. I'll give you the link. No, I'm you not interested can... in that. You know, I have other things to do. But if you want to be a part of the process to help out, I'm open to that. And so then if you have a second generation of the document that's in front of us and with corrections, then all you have to do is type in a note, and it's that simple. Then I will review it, especially if you highlight the areas where the changes are made. Yeah, but if, if, you, if you actually learn, if you actually learn, and we can teach each other on this call how to do it right the next time, now, I'm not giving you any type of legal advice and I'm writing your document for you. I'm not ghostwriting. I'm teaching you. So you can act. That's actually lawful okay, but, conduct. It's lawful but, conduct. But in the process of teaching someone, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't do it in a manner, in a manner, a manner of trying to belittle someone. I apologize if you feel like uh, I well, no, have a personal it, thing against not, you. It's not if I feel like it. It's a matter of record. So I have something personal. Well, I don't know what you have, but all I know is that your your approach to a conversation here. Okay. Is, so we're is, talking about me, or are we talking about um, uh, Sam? We're, we're talking. We're talking about your conversation that you okay. just said. I like to let, let's do this. How about this? How do you feel if we just redirect the conversation back to issues of concern to everyone? And this, unless, of course, I am of is, an issue of concern for everyone. See, I think well, we should definitely speak about stuff that's more important than um, gripes about would, Donaldson's I would, personality. I would, I would agree, but I, I can't see allowing this, to, this type of mentality on this forum. Choose your words that's wisely, what? sir. Choose, you said... This con- your conduct or mine? When you say this, do you mean well, yours I mean, or mine? I, I I didn't make the conversation for you. You did, sir. Listen, I think I'm going to back out and yield responsibly, and I will come back in with the link to this document so you guys can see it. And then you have a nice night, and I will okay. check out the briefs. Okay. You there, Marvin? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, is anybody else on? Charles, you still on? Yes, sir. Okay. I was just trying to get to the point of the conversation. The conversation didn't need to go in the direction that he took it. And so that being the case, I had to say what I had to say. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but th- those are the breaks. I've had similar difficulties with Jeremiah Donaldson, uh, um, but... Uh, he 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 does have a lot of good energy, I believe. Um, um, I, I I I think you 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 responded, uh, generally speaking, appropriately. Good, because I don't have this with the rest of the group. I just have one individual, and that one individual, every time that something comes around, 
can be cantankerous. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be. And there's no need for it. If someone has an input, then then what they need to say is, I'm going to review the document, and I see some changes that need to be made. And once I make the changes, I'm going to send it to you, along with an instruction letter, so that you would understand why the changes are necessary. And it's that simple. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with doing that. But, you know, that... Uh... Right, Marvin? No, I mean, I think, actually, I think we got, I think everything got misconstrued in some weird way. So, sir, I apologize for allowing the conversation uh, and for not being clear with my, my, um, my direction, you know. So I, I think, I think possibly the tone is, is misleading. You know, it's not, it doesn't clarify the, my, my direction very well. So you're right. You're absolutely right. I appreciate your words. Well, you want to tell me what your directions were then? Well, what I'm thinking is a, that um, we need to hone in on the common law jurisdictional statement from the very, very beginning, and that, and that if there's a, you know, that this person that they have in custody is actually of the common law in the common law jurisdiction also, and um, the other thing would be to do a a, um, a habeas corpus along with it, instead of just doing this by itself. Um, Get it in together with the habeas corpus, so and then you're going to you're going to basically couple that because the reason why it's more potent. The habeas corpus at this stage of the point of the uh, issue is going to do what? Well, first of all, it's going to sue the person who's holding him in in custody, and and make them prove the constitutionality of the incarceration. That's the first thing and one most important thing that I'm focusing on. So do you have something in mind that you can put in written form that we can review? Actually, I would appreciate it if, yeah, we were able to, if you, like, for example, I need to have a time frame where I can sit down with you. Like, this would be a good time in the evening when I'm not working, and we can go over it, and we can include all those points. It's not something that I can come up with on my own. I'm not okay. a special master for this. Okay, well, a special master is not someone that's uh, a paper generator. He's just someone that delegates signatures and uh, brings forth the issues that are, are presented in written form. Right. So, what if you want? Uh, what I could do is, like right now, share you know some stuff about habeas corpus with you and give you my habeas folders. I have done so much research, it's ridiculous. I can think like a lawyer, and in some ways... I think ways, everybody here does, Don. Good. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm bragging in some ways. But yeah, I really do love the fact that I'm proud of myself, and I'm proud of my accomplishment of being able to see through the layers of muck that that are out there to blind people. So as but far you're as, communicating that to other people who have... Uh, the same gifts that you do. Okay. Well, I would love to hear them dialoguing then about that. And I look at this paperwork and I would, and I go, yeah, I see the intent, but we need to, we need to perfect that. We need to bring it along is what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with positive criticism. Positive criticism. 
I would like to spend a few moments reviewing some of the excellent insights that you've come up with. I'd like to um, perhaps uh, uh, cherry pick some of the um, some valuable passages in um, communicating to uh, Shorty and uh, Marvin and others here um, uh, some particular portions that I think are of particular significance from your citations. Awesome. Let's do it. Does that mean with your approval, Shorty? That's fine. All right. The the first citation is from uh, uh, some Arkansas case law, Ahmad versus Horizon Plan, Inc. Um, I don't see a year, but uh, it's the only citation there that specifically references special master um, that I can see anyway. Anyway, uh, it, it says a special master is a judge. That's a direct quote out of it. I'm not paraphrasing. Is a judge subject to the Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct, um, and the application of that uh, conduct code is mandatory. That's um, that's too bold of a statement. The um, uh, uh, the the the, the 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 judicial code of conduct is is a mechanism of Roman civil law. And um, um, uh, I believe the special master appointment can be uh, and, and frequently should be in, in pure common law jurisdiction, which is not subject to the Arkansas Code of Judicial Conduct or any state or federal That's civil right. government code of judicial conduct. But the larger point being that, that this citation recognizes that a special master is a judicial officer, a judge. Okay, with that valuable citation, at that point, you've you've got the equivalent authority of a precinct-level justice of the peace, who is the same as the Sixth Amendment judicial officer that has authority to try criminal cases. And at that point, um, 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 uh, you... Uh, the, the, any one judicial officer can confront other judicial officer when, when it appears that the, the, the first judicial officer um, uh, was acting outside of his constitutionally lawful authority. It would be to correct uh, uh, the errors of the first judicial officer. That's the nature of the sovereignty, the separate sovereign jurisdictions. And, and further thereunder, to, to something that, that I was thinking about earlier that would be really, really valuable to bring into Sam's case as well as Anthony's case and just about everybody's cases would be to do the extra work of, of getting 12 people to, 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 to sign on to a jury verdict to declare Sam or uh, Andrew innocent and not guilty of of. The, the crimes alleged against him. Because see that that's never been addressed by due process of law, and due process of law really requires a unanimous twelve-person jury decision, and, and that really throws a monkey wrench in their machine. I guess as Charlie the Seventh Amendment indicates. I, I release the microphone. Oh, great point. I just come. You can continue uh, dialoguing about this if you wish. I think uh, if it's okay with Shorty, uh, um, but. I think that the oath that these 12 take uh, would be crucial to, and again, it's going to be about the statement that, that, that it's in the common law jurisdiction. 
like if you notice in the civil law pleading like code out here in California, they actually state that in they need in for civil procedure you have to um state the jurisdiction in in the in the uh caption okay and so this this is interesting when you have to state the jurisdiction all the time you know and because it's not enough to just write letter or a statement you know uh and call it lack of jurisdiction you know and then you're saying you're one of the people but there's no statement of jurisdiction there at all you know it's ambiguous, at least, but I just want to help you guys, and I appreciate, I appreciate it. I appreciate paperwork outlining the details of why um, uh, the jurisdiction being brought against Samuel is effective. I I need to read up on it, I guess. I'm going to listen to it and get and listen back. But, yeah, you guys are totally on point. Um, the uh, The fact is a special master is a judge. But the most effective way to use the special master position is is from the pure common law side, like Charles suggested. Right, from and I just page. sent you a link to two videos. And the first video, you start out at timeline thirteen, and the second one, you listen to the whole thing, and they're fifteen minutes long. So you got two minutes on the first one, and then you got uh, uh, fifteen minutes on the second one. Oh, are they Bill Thornton videos? I haven't looked yet, but... Yes. Okay, now, I've seen Bill Thornton's videos years ago. I know Bill Thornton's work. He's the one that directed me to go look up um, common law, and when I did, I found that most of common law had been put to statutes. That's just something that he doesn't even talk about in any of his videos, really, okay? But well, you will, if you go... Your study you, may have let... Your study may have led you to that there, but the thing of it is, every and time, so, every time something that I'm led to with the community that I'm involved in, the Seeking Justice Resource Community, I share that with them. Awesome. And and so awesome. then I'm I'm to a point that. Whereas if you got the ABCs, the one, two, threes on something, and you'd like to share it with this community, we'd be appreciated. Well, the way, okay, well, I mean, if you're ready for that information, um, it's going to be a reiteration of how to create the common law and and create your common law court through a series of steps involving, one involving your conduct, and and the other involving uh you know creating rules of court uh through that type of that conduct that you had been exhibiting well you the know? thing the thing that i've uh, i've kind I'll of teach you how to create your own rule of court so that you go in there and then the court is actually going to be run by your rules you'll be the you'll be the judge well, again, you know, this group is a ABC one two three thing. So if you got something mm -hmm. written in a written format, that's, yeah, sure. that's let me share it with you. Here's a link. It talks about the source of common law in our judicial system, and it goes on to state right here. Check this out, you guys. That the as you know, common law in our society is judge made law, right? However, there's one crucial part to remember: the common law that comes from judge-made decisions is not necessarily the true form of common law because 
some of the decisions actually are stemmed from the legislation or from the Constitution. So that form of common law is actually not the real common law. That's why it's very important to look at when you do analysis of case law to find yeah. out where the actual finding came from. Was it from a statute, a constitution, or from a rule of court? And this way, you'll be able to determine whether they are using common law jurisdiction or they are applying a broad civil brush over this scenario under some doctrine like parents patrie or something like that. Right. Well, if you go to Bill Thornton's Common Law Sovereignty 101, and I sent you a link to that one, then you find forms on number 10, and he will explain to you how to establish your court into their court. I'm sure. He's got... I love Bill Thornton. It talks about being one of the people of the state. Right? right. Well, let me share something with you. Let me get a link for people. That's going to that's going to open your mind, Shorty, and open mine. Charles, the reason why I'm adamant about following this line of thinking regarding the people and knowing who I am is because a lot what I've read has been that the people is interpreted to mean people of the state, which is if it's the de facto state that it's the people of, then it's not the de jure, common law people from the townships and hundred uh, courts, which we have recognized on our phone calls. So, uh, we know, with no further ado, the, the phrase from, here's a case from 1892 in Nebraska called Boyd versus State of Nebraska. It says the phrase, the pe people of the United States is synonymous with citizens, both describing the political body who, according to our Republican institutions, form the sovereignty and who hold the power and conduct the government uh, through their representatives, okay? Again, that's the people of the state, right? That's not even necessarily identifying the du jour people. It, it's so vague the way these cases are written, you have to be having on the special glasses to see. Here's one called people. From okay. 1939, one more case, if you don't mind, if that's okay, Shorty. Just one more case on, on regarding the people. The statute-making title of purchaser of tax sale subject to claims of the people of this state for taxes has been held to include a claim. For, okay, that's not the, that's not actually the case. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, as respects rights to injunction, the word peoples could not have acquired secondary meaning as indicating plaintiff alone, where there was a large number of other stores in community where plaintiff and defendant were, uh, which had been using. See, that's 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 not it. But I do have I do have a bunch of stuff regarding people. Please take the mic the mic the mic away real quick. Oh, one more one more. Here we go. The state means the whole people. Check this out. The state means the whole people united in one body politic and the, and the state and the people of the state are equivalent expressions. This is from Weisenthal versus Wickersman. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a screenshot of this and I'm going to post, save it, and share it in the chat room right now. This is too okay. amazing. Well, here's my question to you, okay? If you have a wealth of information, 
again, the people involved in this community are one, two, three, ABC guys. And so I sent you a document that, that was in rough draft form. It was never used, and it talks about people, common law courts, and there's a definition to it, and then there's a number by each time that word is used in the opening statement. And if you have something that you can tweak and add to it or to, uh, you know, to change it from, let's say, a 9 millimeter to a 50 caliber, I'm all mm-hmm. open to it. But, oh, have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so I'll the, you the thing, and so the thing of it is, you have a document and you want mm-hmm. to rework it, I'm all for that. And so would be the rest of us. We'd be all interested, and then we would share it, and then we would yeah. review it, and then we would consider what is good, bad, and indifferent. And then you I know? think you're I, actually while you are talking on this phone call, I could be working on it. You know, it, so like we just have to like, ex, you know, have an understanding of what is it is what it is we're actually doing in that mo whatever moment we choose. Am I going to sit back and work on it? Are we going to? And then, will you have input? Of course, you will. We'll talk about it. We'll 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 create that. I think we should use these forms in constructive ways, which we are already doing. Uh, and I don't mean to belittle anyone. I think I think honestly that that it's through these forms that I've learned so much. But let's not even. Uh, this is not about Donaldson or or or, or me. That I mean, what I'm focusing on right now is the screenshot and getting that actually into my um, my Google Drive. So let me get that to you guys real quick. Well, we had a scenario where we put the sheriff on notice down there, two sheriffs. We sent the document to an individual, and within 15 minutes he called back, and he wanted to know if he could make some changes in it. When mm-hmm. it's already been reviewed by the consensus of this community, and we were all in agreement that it was ready to go, and so who wanted, to make, to, who wanted to make the changes, Shorty? What's that? Who was the person that wanted to make the changes? Someone that doesn't have a whole lot of legal knowledge, and has been in some conflicts. And hasn't resolved his own stuff. Is is that the guy that you were having difficulties with previously? Yes, and I don't want to mention names. I will tell you later. But the thing of it is, the long and short of it is, is that uh, right now is the best time to look for input in everything that we do. And so, if you have input, Donaldson, I'm all. I'll be looking to see what it is, and we will review this as a team. It's not an individual thing. You know, we work together. We're united. That's good to know. Well, that's actually good to hear you say that and reiterate that fact, because I wouldn't want to put forth anything other than, uh, you know, a group um, consideration. I mean, it's a consensus-based community. So, I mean, to have it any other way is ludicrous. You know, it's actually, it shocks the conscience of these phone calls and of the courts within that, you know. Right. In the past, 
over a period of time, I've run into people that have uh, difference of opinions about a document that's pretty much ready or that has already been established and used. And to sit there and go point to point with them and then to only find out that what we've done is legitimate and it's a, it's a problem. And I'm not saying it's not. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think what you have is totally legit. It's just there's a fine-tuning of it that needs, I think I see, was something that, something standing out, and that is this identification of yourself as the people of the state. And I just, as I reiterated to you, I put the link in the chat. You have the link. Go go to the, to the bottom of the page. Look where it says people of the state, the Ohio case from 1940. Weisenthal, it says it right there. The state means the whole people united in one body politics, and the state and the people of the state are equivalent expressions. Now, that, obviously, that's not precedent if you're not from Ohio, but it can be used as persuasive authority. I'm yielding the mic. Well, again, I'd like to re- reiterate this, okay? Anything that you want to... Uh... Well, let me ask you a question before you answer it. Do you want to be considered... Um, a a member of the state. Um, are you well, part of the state? I don't know. I have not researched that yet. Okay. So this is what That's I'm contributing right that. now. Okay. The research the research that I just put in here should solidify in your consciousness these these concepts that the people are something separate from the state and that the federal government is something separate from the people and the state. So you have three areas of concern. And I still, that's, the, that's what I'm contributing right now. This is the most amazing, I think, uh, for me at least, of the week, contribution that I'm able to make because there's so many people listening at, at John, once. John, so, yes, yes, sir. The, the citations that you've put forth in your PDF file that you put on your Google Drive, your second link, um, on the first page, second column, uh, the last full case law uh, um, uh, near the bottom of that second column, Ohio Appellate Second District, 1940. Um, mm-hmm. You say it says there the state means the whole people united in one body politic, and the state and the people of the state are equivalent expressions. Yeah, that seems yeah. disharmonious with the the conclusions that you seem to be drawing from these citations. Okay, where does it seem disharmonious? Okay, how should I clear that up other than to say? Well, well, you you, you seem to be finding fault with with um, either the people or the state or both, and um, this citation seems to indicate that all of the horsepower, all of the good things from both of those terms. Are, are equally applicable um, uh, to either or both of the terms. I think you, okay, so here's what I'm getting from it, though, Charles. I mean, you're right in how you're seeing it, except except I, I, I want to express it in a way that you that you can, um, can see where I'm coming from as well and maybe a little clearer for Shorty and everyone, and that is that there's this, the people as the foundation of the government in their townships Right from the constitutional form of government, okay, at the at the township level, uh, then what I would like to express is that 
they have at the jury level the ability to be autonomous in their reporting and information gathering. No problems with that. And they're they're actually free from state ordinance or state law. Okay. De facto there's state. A, they're, they're, they're a component there's something about de jure state. Well, here's the thing. Well, yeah, I mean, but this is a well, this is the thing. Well, hold on, hold on. I, I think I this is a, I think this is where we're gonna we it, we, it, we ran into the same conflict before. It, it, yeah. it, all, all of these terms are part of the de jure state. When you get entangled in the the de facto state, <laughs> what do you mean de jure state? There is no de jure state. That's down to a negative spot there, Don. There's no de jure state. We need to dwell on. I don't think it's productive to dwell on the negative side there. What I'm saying is the people are where the power is, but not the people of the state. We agree on that. That's it. You're not the people of the state. I'm not the people of the state. None of us are the people of the state. Yeah, we are. We're the organic body politic. Oh my goodness. We are of the state, not in a state. I, I I don't know if I can express enough that the syntax implies when you say people of the state, what you are implying is that you are under the state's wing and they are parent patrie over your legal affairs. You're talking about the facto state. I'm talking about state. I, I just realized through this case law that there may not be anything other than de facto state. The body politic of the people, that, that, that this one piece of the case law that's from your document okay. just really articulated. It is. And the thing about what you're saying about de facto is that de facto means in fact. So, yeah, it's the de facto state. But that doesn't mean that it's unlawful. Yeah, it does. Just, that's, it, that's what de facto means. It's unlawful. It doesn't mean that. Some important it doesn't mean unlawful. Of law I, that's that where we beg to differ. But anyways, well, let's get back to... Can you find citations on the definition of the word de facto, Doc? Let me grab some. Let me, let, I'm looking for it now. Right. You're reading my mind. Oh. Yes. David, come on, David, hi. I did see somebody hey. called in from Chicago. Is that you? Or, um, Colorado. Is that uh, you? Colorado and Illinois is on the, on the conference, too. I don't know who those people might be. Well, I'm uh, sorry. I had you on mute. Um, well, I'm sitting down at the table with my family. This is Jeffrey Fish. Um, Shorty requested that I call in tonight at, um, well, at 15 after. Yes, yes. Let's uh, let's give Jeffrey the mic for a little bit and discuss a little bit about what he's, uh, his campaign there, and uh, okay. we'll get back to our discussion. Okay, well, I hope everybody's having a good night. Sounds like you guys were having a spirited discussion. Um, yeah. I didn't get to hear the beginning, so I um, um, don't know what it was about exactly. But um, Shorty uh, has been following um, what the abolitionists of human abortion um, have been doing. Uh, Shorty's been involved in um, in this type of work, um, this oh, movement. 20 years. Mis- 20 years, wow. 
and I've yeah. only been involved for a little less than five. Um, and I'm a I'm a growing and learning um, Christian, um, and and only recently, less than five years ago, became an abolitionist. And um, and so what I have been learning about um, an ideology that we call abolitionism, um, and it, it is exclusively found in the scriptures uh, alone. We follow the abolitionist uh, Jesus Christ. Um, as Christians, we believe that we should be removing um, grave evils from our culture, and um, and we can't. And looking out over the landscape of our culture, we can't find a worse evil of what men are doing to men other than killing the most innocent among us, uh, which would be uh, the preborn child. And so we believe as the people of God that um, we need to be seeking its removal from our society. We should not be participating in it ourselves, and nor should we be passively allowing our culture to um, partake in that evil because the children that they are murdering are our neighbors, and we're commanded to love the least of these and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are commanded to disciple the nations. Um, we are commanded to go out, make disciples of the nations, baptize them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, so the ones that are being murdered are part of our great commission, and we're being denied that great commission. Um, they are the least of these, uh, at least in this uh, context, uh, the least of these that Jesus mentioned, whatever we do for them or whatever we do not do for them, we have done or not done for Jesus Christ. Um, so um, go ahead and have a seat, son. You're you're fine. Uh, sorry about that. Um, we believe that uh, as God's people on this earth, the church, the bride of Christ, we have a greater responsibility uh, toward these image bearers of God and what, what takes place with them uh, than most of society. Yes, all of people, all of uh, God's creation, his image bearers of God have his law written on their hearts. They're commanded to not murder and to not steal and to honor their parents. Um, but we, the people of God, are the people who should be discipling them and, and establishing justice. And so um, we believe that it is God's church that should be rising up uh, in a non-compromising, completely biblical way to have this evil removed from us. We as abolitionists uh, want to uh, draw a line in the sand and make a, uh, a line in the sand and make a distinction between what we have seen over the past 44 years of compromise from those who claim to be the people of God, who are God's church, God's bride on this earth, that has uh, compromisingly uh, tried to uh, regulate the murder of the innocent. We have uh, gone along with this pro-life movement and uh, participated in voting people into office that are compromised, that are um, that have the power to end this evil, and then they do not. And then we um, we also participate in voting for 
compromised, iniquitous laws that basically end with, and then you can kill your baby. Um, these are iniquitous decrees that are forbidden by Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1. Um, so we, as abolitionists, are rising up and trying to draw a distinction, saying that though we have a pro-life opinion, we are for life. It is the reason that we're for life is because all uh, babies are made in the image of God from the moment of creation, and we cannot, as man, destroy any one of those. We cannot allow them to be destroyed. We cannot uh, allow a situation to where they can possibly be destroyed. So we as abolitionists are rising up and calling on the people, first the church, to repent of our apathy towards our preborn neighbor and to the nation who has uh, practiced this sin of child sacrifice uh, openly and blatantly for 44 years now. Um, yes, child sacrifice has been going on from the dawn of time, but we as the church, as um, I don't want to misstep and use wrong terminology, legal terminology, correct me if I'm wrong, as citizens in the countries that we live in, um, we, we participate in it. We give our, um, we acquiesce to it. We, we give our complicity by our silence and by our um, inaction. Um, my wife is reminding me that in our Constitution, in the Fifth and the Fourteenth Amendments, that it does not uh, allow us to murder an innocent human being. Uh, so our laws that have, uh, I shouldn't say laws, the court's opinion on Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton um, does not afford an individual or a state to allow for the murder of any one of these image bearers of God, whether it be through surgical abortion or whether it be through uh, chemical abortifacients or whether it be through um, the in vitro fertilization industry that knows that most of the human beings that they create are going to die, we will not. We want that to be abolished. Yeah, my wife says that it is unconstitutional. So, you know, Jeffrey, the, the thing of it is, is I've had people argue that abortion is legal. And I've had an abortion doctor that brought in the fact that some of his litigation, he sued a friend of mine for a half a million. He sued the Holy Spirit Catholic Church for a half a million. And he was looking to sue me. And I saw the argument. And my perspective is this is abortion is not legal. It never was legal. But what they've done is, by a license, they've given the abortion doctor an exemption from the crime that he commits. He commits a crime every time he does the procedure, but they're not coming after him. It's called no pros. And this is where the doctor says, I mean, where the government says, that we're not going to prosecute you for crimes with this license. Do you understand That's exactly me? right. I do. Um, uh, to make it a, a perfect example is in the uh, – I'm not going to be able to quote it perfectly, but um, Scott Herndon is an abolitionist in northern Idaho, and he is heading up the um, the initiative there to have abortion abolished in the state of Idaho. Uh, 
what they have done because of the Roe versus Wade decision, then the states acquiesced, they accommodated this, and they actually codified it into their state law. Now, this is every state in the union. Um, they actually, in the state of Idaho, they're different than most, if, if not all. They actually say that um, killing a preborn child is murder. But then they have a second section under the murder statutes, um, or maybe not under the murder statutes, but it's an exemption written in there to say that anyone participating in an abortion will not be prosecuted for that murder. And so part of their initiative is to have that removed from their um, statutes, and then they're going to um, tighten it up and solidify it and spell it out very clearly with new language. Um, so yeah, I agree, it is not a legal thing. In the minds of the people, it is legal. And, and we're constantly having to make that distinction with people. I even have a sign that says murder is legal, and I know that it is not technically correct, but in the minds of the people, it is a legal, legitimate thing because of the laws of this land. Now, I don't mean the, the United States Constitution, but here in Colorado, it is um, codified into law. It's not uh, – I don't think there's anywhere that says right. that you can Thank you, sir. You're giving credence to what I'm saying. This is a, I love what this man is saying right here, you guys. He's basically – this is giving credence to why we need this, this common law journal societies. But, uh, sir, continue. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, uh, Jeffrey – uh, this uh, abortion doctor was looking to sue me, and in in his litigation against Susan Cook, a friend of mine, he stated that these people have signs, literature, and brochures that says that abortion is murder. Inasmuch my occupation doesn't constitute that because abortion has been legal since 1973. And I could have fought that argument in a heartbeat, you know. Wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But it it didn't come down to that. Uh, they did uh, at at one point try to challenge to see if they had jurisdiction over me. But in the conversation I had with law enforcement, I call them the public oppressors, uh, he came to a different conclusion about me because I'm an ambassador for Christ, and so I have diplomatic immunity. And having diplomatic immunity, they don't know what to do with that. And so his his comment leaving me was, I'm not sure what laws you're exempt from. I guess we're going to have to look into it and get back to you. And they never did. But this abortion doctor with two visits to his neighborhood, and we brought the big trucks down there roaming his neighborhood, exposing him to his neighbors. He decided it was time to retire, and he packed up, and he uh, had a moving company to come and move him out of there, and he's no longer killing. His name was Alan Palmer. Yeah, we, um, we've we learned from you, uh, seasoned um, missionary to the preborn uh, Operation Save America, um, you folks that have been plowing the ground for a long time, we've learned 
um, and what we can do. So we, we do similar things. We call out the killers and we expose people in their neighborhoods, in their communities to the people. Sure. Um, we do a lot of stuff that um, is clinic-focused, but we, um, we have really seen that we have to um, uh, go into the culture and uh, into our uh, legislators, in, into the states, and call on everyone everywhere to repent, as the scriptures say. Um, sure. Just back to what I, uh, the reason for the call in today, I just wanted to lay a little bit of groundwork. I have a tendency to ramble, so I apologize. Um, we believe that the people of God have an obligation um, to end this evil of anybody. Um, we have to. I mean, the equivalent, just a small analogy is, you know, we pay first responders, uh, people like police officers, as you call the oppressors, and uh, firefighters and, and paramedics uh, to do a, a certain function. And everyone in our society knows that a, a, a firefighter is, a, is, is the good guy, is there to uh, put out a fire if called. Um, we, we have uh, fires that are being started in our neighborhoods. This is the equivalent, the, the analogy. Uh, you have a firefighter living in a particular house. He's trained. He knows what to do. He knows when to do it. And um, he knows that his neighbor is going to intentionally set his house on fire with all of his family members in there. And he does nothing. He stands by and watches it happen. And then what would the public do? What would police do? What would, you know, how would everybody perceive this firefighter? There would be more judgment upon him than the neighbors that are around him. He would not be seen in a positive light at all. He would get a harsher punishment because of his responsibility. Well, that's us. That's the church, is that God is going to judge us harsher than he does the people who do not claim his name and don't follow him. His judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And we have proven to be very apathetic and very compromising in that we're passing these laws. We're voting compromised politicians into office. We're voting uh, for compromised laws um, that, that say when and how and by what method and who can kill a baby um, instead of just abolishing the dang thing. And so um, we're calling on the people of God, the abolitionists. Our primary focus is on the church. And so well, we go the, to uh, the... That's a Repent Church campaign, right? Well, we call it Church Repent, same, same difference. And, and, um, and you we also have, a, have the uh, Nineveh Project? We do. So uh, alongside going to the churches, now we, we try to build a rapport and build a relationship with um, the churches. Uh, some of us uh, go through extra links to communicate with the leadership of the the churches. Um, we try to build a, a relationship with the people. We visit churches and we try to um, have these conversations. Oftentimes, and, and almost every single time, um, it is rebuffed. It is not accepted. And then um, a lot of us, a lot of us abolitionists, will wind up on the sidewalks of the of the churches and show them what they're actually turning a blind eye to. And so just like that, we go to the culture where we have, uh, you're, you're calling it Project Nineveh. Um, we, we, we have that along with Project Frontlines where we go to the schools and to the, the college campuses. And um, because these are the, that's the front lines that we would call the abortion clinic 
these killing facilities the final lines in a battle. Um, that that would be the final line in that battle if you cannot stop them there. Um, you have to go further into the up, further up the battle, um, and and try to stop them before they reach that point. So we're going to middle schools and high schools and colleges. Um, it's the, almost the sooner the better you can get to them to show them um, and explain to them about Jesus Christ and who He is and and why we need to bow the knee to Him and our need for Him. And, and tie it in with the sin of murder and the sin of the worst form of murder, the murder of a preborn child. The, the younger you can get to them, the more they connect with that. And, uh, and so we, we're, we're fighting a battle as soon as we can early in the culture uh, to try to keep them from developing this um, worldly mindset that this is just a necessary evil if it's evil at all. Sure. Did you get my email with the uh, teddy bear tags? I did. You know, it's it set up so there's three to a thing, and then there's three lines that you cut, and then you poke a hole in the corner after you fold it, and then you, you take a rubber band and stick it through there and put it around the bears. I've been getting, they got uh, the Goodwill Express where everything is, 89 or 90 cents a pound or something like that. But anyway, uh, I've been getting quite a few of them and then handing them out to the people working outside in front of the clinics, you know. And so they have something to work with. And then I always bring extra copies of the master so they can print and make their own stuff. And so that's a good thing. And then I sent you some of the uh, memorandum of law cards. I got that too. Yeah, and there's there's a real nice one that's a fold-over one, you know. It's got the uh, uh, Old Keeper's emblem on the back, and uh, that's a pretty nice one, too, but you got to trim them up a little bit, you know, uh, right. to, because there's extra space there. But those ought to work pretty good for you guys out there. If you like, you can share it with the rest of the, the abolitionist community. And uh, I'd like to finish working on that one doctrine uh, where we uh, have something ready, a little note, a notice that you get to the church when they, uh, right before they call the cops on you. Oh, you yeah. yeah. Yeah, in violation of First Corinthians 6 where we're not supposed yeah, well, to go to law inc- against a brother. Yeah, you can incorporate uh, a scripture into that. That would be good. And I'm always looking for a new way of tweaking it, you know. But it is right. a, a nice proto, proto, uh, I say a prototype, you know. And so, mm-hmm. you know, just with a little work, if there's any changes being made to the document and you want to send me a copy of it, I'd appreciate it. Okay, I can do that. I appreciate your time. If I could just, uh, if I could just give you our website, and uh, for anybody who's listening or wants to write this down and wants to um, see what, uh, read about what our ideology is and our the tenets of abolitionism and the modes of abolitionism, um, and how we are a nonviolent, um, you know, group of Christians, and it's just a movement. We're not an organization. We're not a club. We don't have a logo. We are um, Christians that are, have united under the banner of Christ. We we identify with a common symbol, um, and 
and an ideology that goes underneath that. And, and so uh, our, our website is abolishhumanabortion.com. Our um, Church Repent campaign is churchrepent.com. Um, and we have projectfrontlines.com. And then you can find us on Facebook. There are societies that are all over the nation and even springing up all over the world. Um, I've had something good that was said to me. People were wondering where they can find a, a good church. And you can go, and maybe you might have said something like this to me before, Shorty, but uh, you can go into any uh, church building, and you might find some of the church there, but not everybody's going to be the church. But when you go into an abolitionist society, uh, if if there, you're going to find the church there. And just it is, as far as I can tell, any society I've been in, they've been full of believers only. And so I would I, I would rather be part of an abolitionist society than today's churches, to be honest. Well, and, and like so early on in the 2000 when I got involved in the uh, pro-life community, I didn't know anything about abolitionists. But from 2000 till the summer of 2004, I, I was just out there with whoever the big dogs were in this movement. And in 2004, I ran into missionaries to the pre-born with Matt, uh, Matt Torella and uh, his group. And uh, I met the Holmans up there in Iowa, and I found that they were a different class of people. They were a higher calibrated type of individuals, and they didn't put up with any riffraff. And so if there was any riffraff that came down the pike, uh, they dealt with it right away. You know, there there was no confusion working with these guys. And so I've been... Uh, uh, getting my teaching from mercyseed.net and Matt, he's on point with a lot of different stuff and it, you can get a powerful uh, sermon up there at mercyseed.net and I, I know that it wouldn't be any different than getting a sermon through the uh, Abolitionist Society and it's a well, society. Most of us get our teaching from him. I mean, a, a lot of us get our teachings from Matt. Right. Matt is one genuine pastor. You know, prior to 2000, the only thing I knew about abortion was that it was taboo and it was something you didn't get involved in. But in the year 2000, I saw the face of abortion. And the national organization came to St. Louis and they were doing something. And I was studying the making of America with a homeschooling family. And they were hosts to Rusty and Flip at that time. And so they canceled class, and they were uh, putting signs together down there in the basement, and I saw Malachi, and I saw the head sign, and it just broke my heart. And so I've been involved in it for a number of years. And so I've come up with uh, good stuff to do. And with the teddy bear thing, I'm getting ready to do a little clue card, and the clue card is going to say, something along this line. You know, you're you're approaching the mom. She's down in the alley of shame. She's headed to the clinic. And so uh, then you say, well, how about a bear for the baby, mom? Bear for the baby is better than the butcher's blade. And then you go into it. 
it's a boy or a girl. It's your son or your daughter. How could you do this? You know, that baby's crying out, Mom, why have you brought me here? How come you don't love me no more? You know? And it just hits them hard, you know? It really does. Hmm. Uh, I think that having a comment going along with the bears coming up next, and I'll probably do something where there may be eight to a sheet, and then you can cut them out, you know, put them on cardstock, and you can hand them out to everyone, and then everyone can start memorizing what needs to be said. It's just like memorizing scripture, you know, and the importance of that is the same thing, you know. And so once they get on the same bandwagon, then things tend to change, you know. Yep, we, the church has to get out there in order to do this. And and uh, and we don't we don't believe it's for specially called individuals. We believe that this is part of the not only the Great Commission, but this is uh, definitely falls under the uh, Great Commandments to love your neighbor as yourself. So this isn't for uh, specially called individuals who have a um, a knack for um, reaching out to abortion-minded uh, men and women. And um, we believe that it's the calling of the church to sure. uh, end this evening. It's not, it's, not, it's not based on your, how you believe God has called you. Um, this is a commandment. And, and as long as we keep relegating it to special callings and, and all that and, think, and op, co-opting out our responsibilities to um, other organizations to do this for us, like crisis pregnancy centers and other pro-life organizations, this thing will always be here and it'll, it's being entrenched into our culture. Are you familiar with Leviticus chapter 21 through 5? I've read it before. I don't have that memorized. Okay. Well, it talks about abortion in there. And uh, on number 5, he gives a warning, the W-O-E word. And he says, Woe unto any man who hides his eyes and says, He knew not what this man is doing. God said, I will set my eyes against that man and his whole household and cut him off from the land. And when I read that, it just scared the heck out of me. I was like, you know, prior to 2000, uh, I'd been under a lot of different teachings. Went to lay school, you know, first step program, Foundation for Christian Living, Christian Service, and all that stuff. But they failed to tell me as a man of God that I'm supposed to show up at the battle. And so I became upset probably three weeks after, uh, probably it was in the middle of August, of, or yeah, the middle of August in uh, 2000. I became upset with every leadership I'd ever been under because they did not tell me. You know? The only thing I knew was abortion was taboo and you didn't get involved in it, and that was it, you know? And and I'd say that's uh, probably the, the mindset of most Christians. Yeah, it's uh, it's so serious. I, I never um, thought about this until after becoming an abolitionist about um, how serious it is. Um, you know, you have... Um, the the law of Moses in there that gives us um, and and the Noahic law you know um, about you know capital punishment 
you know when when you're to when your life is required of you and um and the only situation where um a killing has taken place um where it's accidental and there was no um ill intent um to kill another human being and I don't remember the location but I just know where it's talking about that if two men are wrestling together and um and they you know in their wrestling they strike a pregnant woman and it kills that baby um there was no intent to kill that baby but it was it's such a grievous thing that the life of the person that killed that baby in the womb is required of them and and that wasn't even a first degree murder or any you know form of murder it was an accidental death but that's the only situation that i'm aware of where a person is accidentally killed and the one who killed them their life is required of them and uh and and so that that's how god sees um that's the value that he places on the most innocent person um and that's a baby in the womb sure and so we have a lot to pay for in this nation well if, if you can get a hold of uh Russell Hunter and tell him I'd like to have him on the program I'd uh, be willing to do that if you want to pass my number on to him that's great I, okay. I think a lot of Russell, and I, I really appreciate what he's doing for the whole community. I tell you what, for no more the time that he's been involved in this battle, he has done a great work. I mean, it's powerful for what he's doing. And you could tell him personally that I I, uh, I look up to him as a strong leader, you know, and I'd, I'd like to have one-on-one conversations with him from time to time. That would be uh, good. I, I I posted in our group, uh, in a secret group where he's part of it, and I will go back and uh, tag him specifically and let him know what you what you just said. And not only that, there, I'd like for you to share the teddy bear campaign with as many people once you get a full understanding of it. I, I You probably have a printer where you can print those and then uh, cut and fold them, and then you can see what they look like. Uh, I think I saw a post by your wife where she was talking about the uh, the Goodwill Express out there in her area, and that uh, we have them in this area. And so I go up there and buy the teddy bears, eighty nine cents a pound. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and for ten dollars, I get tons of. Them. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you know, and so then I have the bears to hand out, and and I was over at uh, Oak Clinic a couple weeks ago, and I got out there, and the brothers were already out there, and 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 the whole the whole rally was not there, but uh, uh, the thing of it was was there were a few of them, and they passed them on to uh, Faith and Freedom Family Ministries, and I I work real well with the this group, you know. Uh, also, I was down at Planned Parenthood in St. Louis, and I handed out some to one group that was out there. And then later on, I came back through the area, and then there was another group, and so I handed out some. And I always hand out the master sheets so they can make their own, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's sort of like feed a, fish, uh, feed a man with a fish. You feed him for a day, but teach him how to fish, and and he feeds himself for a lifetime, you know. Right. <laughs> Right, and, and so that's the deal. 
Well, it's close right. to the clock, so we're going to have to get back to our other formatting. Hopefully everyone's still on here, and uh, I do appreciate you coming on and giving us a little insight. Uh, be sure to talk to Russell a little bit. Pass on my number if you like. Uh, I will do that. Thanks for having me. And, and be sure to tell them that any time that they have a legal issue, to call me. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, All right. Shorty. All right. God bless y'all. All right. Well, we got through another session of that. That's the Repent Church campaign, the Project Nineveh, and the Frontlines. Uh, if everyone's still on here, we want to go back to talking about this legal stuff. I'm I'm all open. It's nine o'clock, and so this is a free for all time as part of the program. So, whatever we want to discuss, let's bring it up to the table. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, that the kind of work that I see happening is the kind that will benefit the people that were just being described by the last guest. Um, and, you know, it gives credence to, credibility to um, our work. So I'm glad that he spoke. And I, my heart goes out to the whole community there. Uh, yield. Yeah. Well, they are doing a great work, and they're doing a better work than what the pro-life community is. So with the pro-life community, uh, their mindset is to try to regulate the killing. In other words, oh, the baby has a heartbeat, so you got to show the ultrasound, or that uh, you know that you got to show the ultrasound and give the mom 24 hours to reconsider, you know, or the baby feels pain and you got to give it anesthesia. But it always ends with, and then you could kill the baby. And any way you kill the baby, it's wrong. That's just the bottom line there, you know. Uh, with that in mind, uh, I'd like to uh, get back on the topic we got started on first, which was the special master. Marvin, are you still there? Uh, yes, sir. Hey, there, I would like to get Jonas on. Is he here? Jonas, you on here? Yeah. I'm not here. Okay, I'm glad you guys are still on here. I know that, point. Uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of time we get stuff together. And St. Mark Donaldson wants to be a team player and uh, and work with us and do some stuff to help tweak papers and all that, and I'm all for it. I mean, I'm willing to let someone come up to the plate and deal with it uh, on, a, on a side note. In other words, me and him uh, emailing back and forth and discussing things, so that means that once we get something put together, I don't mind sharing it with him and seeing his input, such as the uh, jurisdictional argument that I already sent him. Did you look at that, Donald? Yeah, I'm looking at the jurisdictional argument uh, that I took. What I did so far was rewrite the first paragraph, and I, I shared that, and I, I see somebody in there, an anonymous cougar, 
right now watching uh, what I'm writing. I don't know if that's you or not, but the uh, I, I started with one paragraph and I rewrote the one. Yes, Charles? Well, the, the, the thing of it is, is when you enter into the battle at the magnitude of what we do, anything is possible. Anything. Uh, I'll give you an well, example. I'll give you an I example, will. and then I'll let okay. you speak. Uh, the example is, I show up at the courthouse, it's sentencing, 15, 20 people went in before me, they didn't bother to check no one's ID. But the moment that I got up there near the marshal, he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he shook me down for an ID. And once he saw my ID, he said, you're out of here. And I wasn't allowed to be in there. Now, being outgunned, I wasn't going to be stupid, you know, and try to raise this thing. Next time around, I got a different perspective on it, and I'll be okay with it. Because the Omnis were going in there, and they didn't bother to ID them. My beard is going to be a little longer. My hat's going to be a little different. I'm going to have suspenders, and I'll go in there just like the rest of them do. Are you are you okay. there, Doc? Yeah, I'm right here just listening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, we're the one, two, three guys, the ABC guys. It's uh, mm-hmm. been written for them as good, and so we can move forward on stuff. And uh, sometimes well, a little instruction note there because we don't always see everything eye to eye. But, you know, if you lay out a planning for why things are the way they are, then we can move forward on that, you know. I have a question. In your opening statement, you say, comes now Samuel A. Gerard, one of the people of state of Kentucky, here and after defendant in this court of record, proceeding according to the common law, there's no period or anything in this says do hereby order and assign a special master in the above cause of action with the special powers and duties listed herein to the assigned special master. I rewrote that and I, I wrote it to say this. In this common law court of record, I, Samuel Gerard, am one of the common people among the community of, and then you have to list his community, proceeding according to the common law of the land, it is my wish to appoint, and then the name of the special master, as special master for the above-mentioned case. Further, all powers and duties of a lawful special master are with this claim of this court of record. Now, I noticed underneath of that, what you did was start to list, I guess, the powers of it. And you, and you, but the first thing you said was you assigned, an, you said point one was to be assigned, or you know, to be my assigned special master with the durable power of attorney in my behalf, and to appear with me in all actions and proceedings to which I may be party in the courts of this state. Right? Yeah. I got it now. Yeah. It sounds like you're contracting and agreeing to to first of all go into their uh, courts of the state, you know. I think I think it just I'm gonna help I guess in a way but it seems like it's pretty easy. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I can rewrite this easily. What what you're saying is is the term 
in the court of this state, right? In the court of the state. Yeah. Right. It's basically in which I may be party in the courts of this state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I just mentioned it. I just saw that right now. Yeah, I saw that you were assigning a special master in the very beginning paragraph, right? right? And right. then down here you assign it again, and then you just talk about the power. Okay. So what so I'm going to probably do is cut out the assignment part and just talk about the, the actual power being conveyed, which is basically to do what? Uh, to be there uh, on, on, be, on behalf of, of Sam. Okay, with regard to um, the action, the actions and proceedings um, for all time in coming, for all time, from here until eternity. That's how you should put it. Instead of saying, uh, you know, actions and proceedings, which I may be a party in the courts of this state, and then all that, you just get rid of all those words and just say for all time. Well, do do me a favor then. Take items, take it by sections one to three, and then throw them into uh, on another page, and then make the changes, but also make the changes in the in the, in the original document, so that way I can look at the changes that are being made. You know, and as far as the heading. You know, when we come in now, Cobb Samuel A. Gerard, one of the people in the state of Kentucky and such and so forth, if you see changes there, then you can make the changes there also. But any changes that you make on the on the document, is there any way that you can highlight those changes? Do you follow me? Did we lose you? No, are you there? Yes. You know, okay. I, I heard you, but my phone's acting up. What I can do is this. What I've done already, if you go into the link, since you can't go into the link, what I've done is I put everything that you that I uh, rewrite. So the previous text is going to be in italic, and everything brand new or rewritten will be in regular, you know, regular print. So your well, stuff is going to be in italics. Well, as a rule of the thumb, in the last, I'd say, 10, 12 years, every time that I'm doing a document or someone else is doing a document, they just highlight the text in a different color, you know, like maybe a yellow mm -hmm. or, or whatever. That's a good idea. And so, then they say, these are the changes, you know. Yeah. And then once we're done, we just sweep the whole document and then we turn off the highlights. Well, I just I just I just highlighted uh, all of the text <laughs> that I rewrote. And again, the the first paragraph is this: In this common law court of record, I, Samuel Gerard, am one of the common people among the community of blah blah blah. Proceeding according to the common law of the land, it is my wish to appoint and then the name, right, as special master for the above-mentioned case. And and you can even say, you know, any kit and for all time, for all other things. You know, the whole thing is, this is, 
I think if you did something very specific to this case, that would be better rather than saying for all time. You know, I mean, I hear what you said in the next paragraph, and you kind of reiterated the point. So that's why I want to get some organization to the document. So that way you can basically uh, do an appropriate uh, letter writing. But my main, my main problem is that I don't know what stage of the game uh, then is it, you know he's at so I'm gonna this is gonna require us getting on uh you know to to why is he still incarcerated right now is he is he there has he been bailed out okay, you know what's going on he's in the penitentiary so he's been sentenced and all that you yep. done he's well, we're getting ready to reappeal it so right. So what has to happen is you still have to do habeas corpus for sure, and you have to test the constitutionality of the incarceration regardless of it's been put. This is why it's called a um, uh, post-conviction hearing. It's, instead of habeas, they kind of actually use the term post-conviction hearing or um, there's another term that they use actually too that is not, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. But Well, um, well again... We're one, two, three ABC people, and so and what if you, you got mm-hmm. an outline of what the one, two, threes are, you know, the one, two, three mm-hmm. bunch, and you can send a copy of it to me, and I I will uh, share it with the rest of the committee, and then we can go from there, and then uh, if we have any questions, we can come back to you. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, right now, I will put a habeas corpus folder into the uh to the to the chat window and that's an a b c one two three how to proceed and have standing with your habeas uh so you should appreciate it well not only that but the outline of what you think the uh procedures need to be done at this point considering where we're at Well, well, see, here's the thing about it. When it comes to the due process, uh, I think that that according to the common law, I mean, we can we can write that down and all that stuff. But let's catch up on the call privately, so we can have a little more steam under the under the bottom, you know, and we can talk correctly uh, uh, to one another over the phone about about more pertinent. Well, uh, in order for that to happen, you have to return my calls. <laughs> Well, uh, I never, I don't believe I got a call from you, so maybe I got a voicemail. I think I did get a couple of voicemails. Okay. So that's important there. Uh, Right now, you know, we're trying to, uh, we're in the early stages of putting some stuff together, you know. And so uh, the sooner you can get information to me, in an outline, the better off it would be for us to be able to move forward. I'm not saying that we can't move forward without you. I'm just saying that our efforts are limited to what we know, and you seem to have some uh, uh, legal understanding about things. I'm not opposed to listening to what you have. Right. Cool. That's cool because here's the thing about it. Common law, right? It's such a beautiful thing. Uh, It's it's that we are actually the you know a common law lawyers you know from from the beginning with the right to uh step into the picture uh 
and 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 literally um, cause remedy. Um, I, unfortunately, I am actually not a like a party, you know, to the action. I could, you know, one one could intervene, like uh, as a special master, um, just by uh, making themselves a party to the action, and 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 clarifying in the writing the the, the reasons for they why they believe they have the uh, jurisdiction to come in, you know, to come in as special master, and, and it has more to do with being a, a an interested party than anything. And as as okay. as one of the people, as one of the people, when you're coming, so so what I'm saying is that the special master status has to be one of two things, very clearly defined, either on the side as a third party intervener, or uh, as a special master, someone who has a special relation to uh, the the, the uh, to Sam, meaning one of the community members, one of his close community members of the 10, maybe from his township or whatever. You know what I'm talking about, Charles? Yeah. Like, yeah. At, at what point in the game can we get this in front of a, a common law judge? Can we change well, you've got it in point? front of a few common law judges right now. <laughs> no, but, law, uh, the judges from the laws of the land. The Constitution of the continent. Yes. Well, I think what you're trying to do is is basically free a man, right? That's the goal. Well, not only yes. that, we want to uh, put their paycheck in jeopardy. I think I think you have good intentions, and so, but if we focus on the one the one issue at a time, it'll be easier under you know for everyone to to get done. And then if you feel like you want to pr you you know the idea is we're not going to use fear. To you know, to get him out, you just use the uh, the, the your police power. Yeah, right. Have you ever heard of putting a lien on the judge's bond? Yeah, I I yield the mic. Mm -hmm. Jonas, hey, Jonas can give you some insight on that. Well, I'm not talking to Donaldson. Donaldson, are you there? What did you say? Putting a lien on a judge? Yeah. Yeah. Put a lien on mm -hmm. the judge's bond. Have you ever? Yeah, heard I've of heard that? of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And have you ever been part of that process, or do you know someone that has? I have not been a part of the process, but I have, and I've not heard anyone that's done it. But I do know for sure uh, that in order to do a successful lien, you also have to file a criminal complaint and have a criminal complaint pending or at least in the works, uh, you know, something filed uh, in the courts that you're going to, you know, you're suing, basically, either in small claims court, you know, uh, but in order to secure your lien. Mm -hmm. I believe that's true. Are you there, Jonas? Yes, I'm here. Are you following his lead? Yes. So yeah, to reiterate the point, uh, Jonah, Jonas, yeah. uh, you would want to. You have to understand what the judge's role is first and foremost, and then find out if he's the person that you want to put the lien on, because if you're wrong, then obviously 
you will be sued and they will remove it and then you'll be sanctioned. But because you gave jurisdiction, general jurisdiction, you can't, there's an interesting thing about using the court system. Is there, you know, we got to, we got to watch how we give jurisdiction over to people, you know? That's true. Now, the question is, is this, when, when, when we got to a point that he was convicted, found guilty, he was up with a date to come before sentencing. And so during that time, there was a challenge of jurisdiction. And the challenge of jurisdiction was approximately 10 days before the sentencing. And all this time, they were not wanting to make any offers whatsoever. 69 years, $100,000 fine. The moment this document of jurisdiction came into light, within five days, they were ready to cut a deal. And they offered him a deal when they didn't have to offer him a deal because he was already guilty. But the deal was was that he was going to get one year of supervised probation and a $25,000 fine. We're not one to want to stipulate to any agreements that the court has to offer. If they want to administratively remove this deal, they have our verbal permission to do so. But if they don't, then we're going to come after their paycheck. They don't have a guilty person in prison. They have an innocent man. Well, this is what they did, you guys. They default judgmented his ass all the way to jail. Now, under the civil laws of California, 473.5, right, the, an alternative open to a defendant in order to challenge personal jurisdiction is to default on a complaint, allow an entry of default judgment, right, and then attack the judgment on the basis of lack of jurisdiction. That's the value of habeas corpus coming in and doing a proper habeas corpus because what you're now doing is you have allowed the process to, to, to come to fruition and you're allowing, you're, you're basically saying there, you have exhausted, there's no need to exhaust administrative remedy because there's a, it's a futile situation. It's futile to wait. The guy's already being, in, you know, incarcerated. So therefore, um, you know, it's, and it's post-judgment. So it's default judgment. It, whether it was default or not, it's post-judgment. And I believe it was a default judgment because they probably just simply applied statutes. And that is default. So in some way, uh, it, it, I'm coming back again with a post-conviction uh, um, proceeding to remedy is probably the, the best thing to do. And then at, and then at that hearing, right, uh, you know, you'll want to present these challenges again to the jurisdiction that did not get heard. Well, no, it's not that it didn't get heard. You know, the 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 scenario is is that there was eyewitnesses that believe that the judge said, "I've I've recognized that you've taken away my jurisdiction." But then he sentenced him to six years in jail. Now, if he truly said that. The game is over. Well, check this. Well, here. Transcripts, and so once we get the transcripts and get a certified copy of it, if it's in there, boom. Am I right? 
Uh, one, wait a minute. So go over what the judge said again, because I mean, judge, autom- automatically, I. Oh, go go ahead. Yeah. The judge said that it appears that you've taken away my jurisdiction. It sounds like dicta. There's no weight in that claim, but go ahead. What do you mean there's no weight in that claim? He's, judges can say whatever they want to. That Judges are only middlemen. They, I mean, they give the presumption of authority all the time. They actually act like they actually have it. They have very defined things, duties. Like as a oh, justice of the peace under the common law? So, Sorry. So when, so when he acknowledges that he doesn't have jurisdiction, what is no, that? He, he could be lying, basically. Well, he <laughs> well, could be. If that total, if that there does not carry no weight, then how does it carry weight that he sentenced him for six years in prison? Judge has no weight to do that because he exercised the fact that he had jurisdiction, and here's why: voluntary appearance, voluntary appearance. There was at some point a general appearance and a failure to actually challenge uh, the uh, jurisdiction after any type of judgment. I think they challenged jurisdiction clearly on the record there, Don. And um, and yeah. listen to this. Samuel stated throughout the sentencing hearing he does not consent. He does not or waive immunity. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't waive immunity. He doesn't consent to their uh, uh, presence there. Right. right. I mean, so it, but it, and so here's the thing: it's civil, not criminal. Even though they want to call it criminal, right? We really know that these are statutes that they're applying. So it's a civil common law that they're trying to apply. And when you talk about common law in your documents, or he does, he needs to de- to to state the difference between which which common law is it that he's referring to, that he's under. Okay. You know, it, so it's a fine there- line. So is there something in the uh, jurisdictional document that should have been there that's not there? I think I'd like to see their their briefs, whatever they brought against Samuel, to see what jurisdiction they stated in their pleadings. Because if there's a defect there, then they had no um, jurisdiction to personally over him because of their own defects and everything that they did after that, even the sentencing was all um, void. Well, let me give you an example of a case where the parents were in front of the judge and the uh, DJO and the attorney for the DJO stated that they had a situation because they didn't have any evidence of any wrongdoings by either one of the parents and they wanted the judge to give them two weeks to amend the petition, and then they would be back before him. And so when they amended the petition, they came back with what they call a status offense in the petition, stating that there's something wrong that's beyond the parent's control and that the state has to have continually jurisdiction over the children in order to be able to resolve the issue. And so they went with this thing they call a status offense 
which indicates that there's something beyond the parents' control. And so uh, when they admitted that that they didn't have any evidence of any wrongdoings of the parents, the parents thought, "Uh aha, now in two weeks, we're going to get the kids back. But that wasn't the case. They went with a status defense, and they were not prepared for that. But in this jurisdictional argument, we got 12 points, including kidnapping in there, that's in there. There's no wiggle room for the state or the federal government on the whole dilemma. The state was following with the federal government on this issue to try to continue to have jurisdiction because they wanted to make an example. Donald needs to read that document before he presents an argument. Here's what I'm saying. I've got you guys right here um, talking to me, and I just opened up both of those documents that you sent me, Shorty. Now, none of these documents have been seen by the other side. These are just test ones, so I haven't seen anything that's actually critical to the claims you're making. See, I want to see the document, the challenge to the jurisdiction that you already put in, not the, not the thing you're trying to work on. You know, I mean, even though I want to help you, I also need to see the position you claimed to have so that we can correct it if there's anything that you did, you know? I already sent you the jurisdictional argument. Right. I've got two I've got two things that I'm looking at here. It looks like okay. um, the affordable auto repairs. Jurisdiction, it's a twelve point document, it's ten pages long. Okay, one okay, actually that's not let me let me get let me get affordable. I'm going to pull up all your emails. Thank you, Shorty, for waiting. Okay. Okay, here we go. I have two. Oh, Shorty from the conference. You've given me, you're wanting to get together to talk soon. I've got that one. Okay. Uh, but I never actually got, yeah, I didn't actually get this thing you were talking about just now, the 10-page document. All I have okay. is from you are three emails. One, just send me another one of it, and then I'll, 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 you know, if you can, if you don't mind, it's not too much. No, I don't mind. I'll give it, a, give it well, another I'm look. I have to actually get on another. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to the sent mail, and then I'm going to forward it to you. Uh, nice one. Uh, um. And so yeah, because I really, I, I want to see his. I, I it's um, the first. It's the first email that I sent you. The rules. Now, now this community that he's a part of, right? It's an Amish community, right? What's that? The guy Sam that's in jail. Yeah. It's so he's part of an Amish community, right? Yeah. Okay. See, I, I just want to make sure I've got my facts straight, and this is this is great because the common law of that community is what's important here, and and the rule of the court that should have been applied should have been. Um, a uh, a rule ultimately that uh, exempted out um, this this man and 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 exemplified basically the common law, allowing him to uh, kind of offer a counter make a counter offer, you know, which they totally stole from him. They didn't even give him the opportunity to counter offer and say, okay, well let me just do this. Let's how about we come up with a compromise where I will create special labels, right, that list the warnings and all the ingredients or whatever and the warning on there nice and big so that way people know 
that they could be doing something to themselves. I mean, that's, that's reasonable. You see, and this, this dialogue is what they denied from him. Therefore, they denied him due process, and they, didn't, they did not pay attention to the rule of court. Two okay. things right there. The, document, the document's on your table. Right. I don't know if Charles can. I want Charles to chime in and see if I'm. It, correct me. Bring me online. Bring me on focus. If I'm not, if I'm not. Uh, you know, on point. If, if, I want to hear Charles' thought or anyone else for that matter. Charles, are you there? Yeah. Thank you, Phyllis. Um, mm-hmm. um, a number of thoughts are going through my mind. Um, I'm. I'm glad you're interacting with each other in such a constructive spirit. Um, um, I've got uh, um, points of, of concern with, with each of you, um, but, but to the deeper issue, Don Jeremiah was recently on, uh, uh, focusing in an area here that's close to my heart about uh, the individual communities the Amish community there. Um, uh, according to the common law rules of venue, venue, that jury, the jury that adjudicated Sam's case, should have been drawn from the local Amish community there. It's their conscience that should have been brought to bear in deciding whether or not Samuel committed any type of a true lawfully recognizable crime. Okay, and 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 and, right. and it would and I think that alone by itself would be a very worthy project that we could all get behind because if we could get a particular community such as the Amish community involved in 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 acting as an organized jural society to um adjudicate uh 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 the the innocence or guilt on the merits brought before the court under due process of law whether or not Samuel is guilty or innocent of the crimes alleged um and and wrap it all up in a nice neat 12 person jury verdict and shove it in the faces of the de factos and thereunder ordering the immediate release of Samuel from federal prison i think we could get a lot of mileage out of that and it would be a revolutionary idea wow. that's much needed in at least a hundred different areas similar to Sam's. Can you, hey, uh, Shorty, can you get in contact with more of the community, or is is that guy still on the call here? Because that's a great point, Charles. That's Charles, what? that is awesome. What? Can you? I was repeat? asking. I was saying. I was giving Charles credit, and then I was also asking you. Uh, if if anyone from the community is on the call uh still and if if not can you can you maybe uh get on we got to get on the call with another one of those community members so that they can get in touch with uh you know the others and and form a a 12 man jury uh so that way they can uh, hear the facts you know and then try them and and ultimately uh do what they got to do uh but i think it should be a lawful presentation charles yeah, yeah. We could work up a rough draft of a jury verdict to put in front of uh the the local Amish community and um um at that point um uh, Oh, you know what Charles, I think let me let me come in real quick. I think what's important 
while we do this jury verdict, right, the thing to couple it is an information report, a report and an information regarding what has actually happened. Like it's, an, it's a grand jury investigation basically into his incarceration by the local community there. And they can't stop that. There's nothing the government can do. They can't persecute those people for doing that. And when they get their information report and couple it with their jury verdict that he's not guilty, and then, right, you know, you'll have someone actually, you'll petition basically and write your order. At that point, you have a very good ground to stand on. I think Charles is, is 100%. I appreciate bouncing off of the guy. Grand juries don't do verdicts. I know. But they do make information reports. We 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 need to bring it. We need to re-adjudicate the 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 corrupted judicial process that the de facto federal court went through. But you need your local report so that you can you can let. In other words, in your local report and information from your local grand jury there in that community, the lawful grand jury, you will be able to at that point um, uh, avoid having to set up an actual jury and have a trial because there's no need for a trial uh, you know of him you can issue your the fact your your de jure order as a jury according to the facts from the previous case and, and i think that's what you're talking about you're saying basically take all the information yeah. from the from the case of the yeah, state but we and can do just, that as a trial uh, jury we that, don't have to that's go awesome. through the, okay. yeah but about, but i think in order if you coupled it with an information that that stated that there were certain officials that could be implicated in in high crimes, that actually might be more potent to get the person out. You see what I'm saying? We can because, we can include the, that kind of wording in in the jury's yeah. verdict. Well, not just the verdict of the jury, but an actual separate grand jury and information report. That that that's going to require our people organizing under two different formats, and I think we only need one different format. The more what do you powerful. mean by that? What do you mean by two different formats? Well, one's a grand jury that you're talking about, and the other's a trial jury. Well, I mean, that's why I was saying the grand jury's authority to issue reports is is widely known. Okay. Common, trial juries also have that authority, Don. Oh, but okay. See, trial juries is my understanding here, the and and try the facts of a case. Is that right? Yeah. Right. So the grand jury serves a different function than the trial jury, which is what your point is, right? Well, the, the trial jury can do everything that a grand jury can do and more. Well. There, 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 there's no, there's no reason if you've got. A, a trial jury in your toolbox, you can throw out the grand jury tool because everything that you can do with, with the grand jury can be done with the trial jury. I believe it I, I starts with the grand jury and that in the members of the grand jury will eventually find themselves in there as the petite jury doing the trial, you know? Uh, I dare suggest you you're engaging in obstruction of justice. Justice delayed is justice denied. Going through an unnecessary preliminary step of forming a grand jury is not needed in, or, in order for a trial jury to adjudicate whether or not um, a, a crime has been committed. Okay. Um, I hear that. Check it out. Uh, in, in the case of uh, 
Reports of the grand jury upon matters properly cognizable by it are privileged so that member is not liable to action for libel or and slander based on report. That's from Irwin versus Murphy from 1933. Here's one. Grand jury has right to, and duty to make report as to any matter which it may investigate, notwithstanding no indictment is returned. Okay. Uh, it's the same case. Here's one. A, a, uh, a California county may lawfully have one only one grand jury at any one time, except as additional grand juries are expressly authorized for the county by statute. And that's the issue that I was coming into contact with when you were speaking, Charles, was that there may already be a grand jury, I mean, a jury assembled, you see what I'm saying? And so it would be, I mean, there may not be grand juries assembled for him, and yet, in other words, what you want to do is, in his circumstance, I think, couple your report, your jury instructions to release him because he's not guilty with, couple it with your report and information because it's the same people. It's the same people that are going to be on the jury, that are in the grand jury. It's common law. We do not have to follow what the statute says right here when you're talking about local authority and stuff like that by statute, see county by statute, it says California County may lawfully have only, see, only one grand jury at any time, right? Who said, except as additional grand juries are expressly authorized for the county by statute. See, that's, that's right there a sign that says, hey, look, they're gonna try and sit here and say that you don't need, need the grand jury for what he's doing or the jury because they already have theirs. So how do you deal with that? Venue. Sam's got the right to his own venue and his own jurisdiction and justice delayed is justice denied. The federal de facto court has done nothing but obstruct the cause of justice. There under, we can move um, uh, to bring forth justice with regard to the current dispute. That, that there, yeah. there has not the, the 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 verdict that has been rendered is not a final verdict. It has not followed due process of law. Your focus on habeas corpus is excellent. Habeas corpus is to issue forthwith any time due process of law has not been followed, and and somebody's incarcerated as a result of of a perverted form of due process of law. Very good, Charles. It's rock solid. It's bedrock. Our problem here is criminal conspiracy, and we haven't got the luxury of dinking around chasing a bunch of rabbit trails. We need to know how the law works in its quick, simplified, uh, direct manner, and and we need to have the courage to man up and go in there and shove confrontational paperwork in their faces and and watch the sparks fly. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, Charles, here... I, I agree. Too. I agree too. Here's one other thing: grand jury is an investigative body. This is from 2004, Kentucky. Uh, the uh, grand jury is an investigative body, acting independently of either prosecuting attorney or judge. Right. So another one: a grand jury is an investigative body. That's from 2011, Kentucky, Kansas Appellate Court. 
Northern District. I don't think Northern it's District. worthy of any more time wasting on discussing grand juries. I think grand juries are a complete waste of time. Agreed. All right. Okay. If you guys, I'll yeah, uh, get to it on my own. I appreciate you guys. So. Hey, have you seen the document that I sent you? Yeah, actually, I see uh, right here. I see you sent me Sam Samuel Gerard uh, at Lexington thing. I'm looking directly at that. I'm also looking at the special special master document. Right, it comes now. I sent you another one. It's not a single. It's not a single email. It's on one of those emails that I sent you. I added this document yeah. to it. Okay, I'm looking for it now. Uh, wow, it did. For some reason, it's not coming through. I I thought I saw it in there earlier a second ago. You sent it, and uh, I just see the same things though. You got to go further down the document. Further down the email. It's ten pages long, right? Yeah. Okay, I see. I see this ten page long thing, and this is Hale versus Hinkle in there. You've got all kinds of different law and stuff, right? Being cited. Yeah. Okay. I'll take a look at it. Look I appreciate it. Look at the bottom of the footer. Does it say fraudulent claims to 13 counts? It does. Okay. Then you got the right document. When are you going to get back to me? What do you What do you want me to do? I mean, I can. I'll, I'll take this. I'll listen to it. I'll convert it to audio, and I'll listen to the whole thing. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'll listen to it right now, and I'll get right back to you. Give me ten. ten give me like five minutes. That five minutes. Okay. And I'll I'll have a response for you. Let me meet up. Marvin. Yes, sir. I'm glad you're hanging in there. It's getting longer. <laughs> now we got uh, uh, we got Jake, Jake on here. No. What's your input, Jonas? Uh, the one thing I haven't seen. Sorry, the one thing I haven't seen was the the opposition's pleadings against him. I see your defense documents. And I see the 10-pager, but I need to see what they are putting in their documents regarding him, who they say he is. Well, it's at the top of the page where they got him at the corporate fiction. Right. That's why. If you have something with a, a seal or a stamp on it from a court clerk, I would love to see that faxed page. Oh, or right. I mean, the uh, you know, the actual like the know, image of it. Probably, I could probably. This thing has already been stamped and sealed. It's been in the court. This is just mm -hmm. this is the one that we used to make the copies with. We we had five copies made to where that Samuel can sign them, and we had all five of them stamped, and we left one with the clerk on Monday and Tuesday. We we went and delivered one to the prosecutor. So both the court and the prosecutor got this document 
within the seven-day time limit of filing before the actual next hearing. It was filed 10 days before the hearing. This was filed 10 days before the the sentencing hearing. Right, the sentencing hearing. That's good information to have. But you're not reading this. Yeah, let me let me do this. I got it loaded in my audio right now, and I'm gonna just go right through it, listen to it, and I'll be right back. Doesn't doesn't he need that transcript that that had the second last transcript of the hearing before the sentence? Well, that'd be important. We're working on that, right, Jonas? Yeah, give me the transcript yeah. so I can. Uh, oh, that. The timeline are we looking at before we have that in our hands? Before we what? What kind of timeline are we looking to have the copy of the transcript of the sentencing hearing in our hands? Well, Alan has the last, the second last transcript before the sentencing, but the sentencing, I have not got a hold of none of that yet. Well, I know you haven't, but I'm I'm looking at what kind of time frame do we have on that? Do you think we'll have it before Friday? I don't know. I think it takes him like two to three days to translate it and everything. Okay, well, they had it since Friday, so we had Monday and then we had a holiday. Then we got Wednesday, Thursday, so if it takes three days, by Thursday, they should have it. Yeah, because when I ordered mine, they, they won. By Friday. Okay. Marvin. Yes, sir. Did you talk to any of them today then? No, no one has returned any calls um, at all. Uh, you know Samuel Shrop? Uh, not, not for sure. No, I think I know who you're talking to, but I'm not sure. It was a guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, he called me today, and uh, I told him that uh, the dilemma we're in right now, and he's been working with them, with the family, and he's been trying to get a hold of them. Um, and he told me if he gets a hold of him, he'll call me right back. But uh, he hasn't hasn't called me back yet. I haven't never or I haven't gotten a response back from today or yesterday. So I mean, what what's going on? Well, I've talked to multiple people that's been trying to get a hold of him, and they're not returning calls. If I was a little closer there, I would run over there. But I'm about four and a half hours, five hours from. <laughs> You know what I, I was really last is? night. It, I was I drove we drove down there last night and we couldn't get a straight uh, answer from them. It doesn't. It, I'm sorry to interrupt. May I interrupt with some 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 good news? Uh, I believe that it's imper- important to remember, guys. You guys are making this lack of territorial persona and subject matter jurisdiction of the United States Eastern District, and you're giving all these reasons why they don't have jurisdiction. Right? But now. What does a habeas corpus do? The habeas corpus's job is to is to is to have the person who's holding 
him and prove the constitutionality of their their uh, findings or whatnot. So it's it's more than this document, okay? I don't want to see this because I believe it's going to waste time. I need to see what they did in their writings and put into the court and said, yeah, this is these are our writings. This is what we're putting into the court record, Your Honor, regarding our claim or our complaint against this man. Here's here's here it is in writing against him. This is what we say and who he we say he is. I want to see that paperwork. If I could do that, then you might have a chance of of being able to pull off the habeas. So you're looking at their petition before the court that brought the action. That's not a petition before the court bringing an action. You have to have a petition before the court to bring an action. What do you? What, what does this have to do with? You haven't had this filed yet. This hasn't been filed. This hasn't. There's this nothing here. Document. file document. This is all. No, what I'm looking at here is from June of 2017. I see the date on it. Right. right. So you guys this had this is a copy. Okay. Well, I don't. Oh man. Here is. That's not good. Why? Because you're arguing about whether or not they have jurisdiction instead of forcing them into a corner to prove that they have the right to hold him under the Constitution. And the only way to do that is to see where they screwed up and where they're cutting their corners at. You know? okay. If you can sh- show me the point in your writing here where you say, this is this is the this is where the prosecutor went wrong and and ha- should have done something else and this would have allowed my guy to stay out of jail. Where does it say that in here? It doesn't. All you do is talk about the acts of Congress and about the corporation United right. States and crimes and criminal procedure and all that. You're not you're not making a good argument when you and that's why I'm sad to hear that you already put this in. But you can always correct it. This is is definitely a jurisdictional challenge. The judge, if when we do get the transcript, may have already admitted that he didn't have jurisdiction. Okay, that's cool, man, that you guys put this in the record. At least they have some form of, you know, in writing of a a challenge to the so-called jurisdiction. But it's still not it's not a habeas corpus. It, you're not suing anybody. No. Where's the where's the lawsuit? It's coming. Who are you gonna sue? We start off with the judge. No. You're gonna go to jail if you do Why? that. First of all, that's not how you do a lawful remedy when it comes to uh testing the constitutionality of an incarceration. You, what you do is you sue, you file a, a, a complaint, a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit, right, against the supervisor or manager or operator of the facility that is holding this man. So the man... Okay, the, 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 okay Donald, Donald. One, two, what? three, A, B, C, put it together, ship it to me. Well, there it is. I'll look at it. No, you got to do your research. I'm not. The whole thing is, I'm. I've done my research. 
And I'm telling you, there's nothing for you to look at. If you don't sue the person. (laughs) Well, can we get agreement? Let's just get agreement that you have to sue the right person in order to to make it happen. No. That ain't the way it works on this program. We're one, two, three, A, B, C people. So you you have a process which you claim is important. But you can't do a one, two, three, A, B, C thing. You can't I just lay told you. That, you know what I mean? The first, yeah, the first step is you, I asked you who are you suing, and you didn't say the right answer. You said you're going to sue the judge. Okay. That's the wrong okay. answer. Wrong Again. answer. Here, here, That's A, B, C, one, two, three. You told me the wrong answer. Okay. Here's a dilemma. When we get off of here, we all have families, and we have rights other than what this case is about. And so mm-hmm. all these things are going to be bombarded us. And so we don't have the outline in front of us to work with. And so when mm-hmm. it comes 10 hours later, when I, when I get mm-hmm. up in the morning, how am mm-hmm. I going to remember what's being said? That's the reason why when people call me, <laughs> I tell them, I said, okay, now we had this conversation. Now I want you to text me your first name and what we are doing and what you want done. And so that way I can go down my Rolodex and I can look at everyone's name, their make and model of the vehicle, what kind of repair they're looking at, and I can start working on the uh, uh, on the remedy to fix their problem. I hear you. But this is such an easy remedy that it okay, doesn't even... It may... Plus, okay. let me say something. I believe that you are a very smart man. You sound very intelligent. You sound very smart and educated. And you can... Um, remember the most important things to you. There's nothing, I don't believe that you have that faulty of a memory. I know I trust myself enough to remember, and I don't want to ramble on. The point is, I said one thing that should be sticking with you, and that is you need to sue the person who's holding him. That should be sticking with you even when you wake up regardless. Okay, again, and I can't say this enough. We're one, two, three ABC people. Well, did you comprehend what I just said? Who is holding him? Who is is responsible for where he's at? Probably county sheriff. Right, so he's in the county building right now? I I would presume. Does anybody know different? I heard he's in the penitentiary. Okay, well, that sounds like federal. Whoever the person that's in charge of the penitentiary, the warden usually, is who you sue. That's ABC 123. Anyways, I was listening to your document, and it comes, as it, as it turns out, um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things. The whole, you know, the whole thing needs to be slimmed down, you, you know, a lot of these people already know most of this law, so, and you're not even, you know, setting the law of the case here, because there is no case that you're making, you're not, you, there's no lawsuit, so you can't set the law of the case when you have no, no lawsuit, but no, anyway. this is not a lawsuit, this is a jurisdictional issue. Right, so that's why you need to sue and create okay, a lawsuit, so you can have the right to declare the law of the case. And that law will be the common law of the land. 
Okay. Constitution. For some reason or another, I'm not getting you to understand that we are one, two, three ABC people. You evidently had some ideals, but you're not willing to format them so we can review them. There's a community, and half of us are not even here. I gave you links just now. Uh, everything in the talk shoe chat room. If once you have access to it, go to Chat Grabber or whatnot and get all those links, or have someone share them with you. Because the one, two, three action is is actually coming to you right now. You have access to a procedural remedy, and I'm gonna. I've given you everything you need about regarding the habeas. I gave you some stuff about the, you know what the people are. But the whole the whole thing for your situation, I believe, is coming in with the right standing status as the people of that community, not the people of the state. You see what I'm saying? There's a big difference there, and I think it's going to give credence to the common law claim. And this way, you do it through conduct in your in your court of record as well. Not only do you have the conduct, I mean. Uh, I mean the writing, but you have the conduct to match the writing, which is these people are in a re religious community, and the rule of court is the common law, and therefore that should have been the rule applied. No agency. In other words, he was the people, and if you can find those state statutes, actually, that exemplify what I'm talking about, like here in California, we say that the people, I mean the, the agencies don't, what, is it, how does it go? Charles, the uh, the sovereignty of the people is protected against the state or something like that. But uh, it's going to be hard for them to even to, to sit here and say, oh, no, the people doesn't mean uh, opposite of the people of the state. So what you're going to want to do is, yeah, just go ahead in there and say, yeah, okay, you're one of the people of the state. That's fine. Because they're not going to argue that you're sovereign if you can find those sovereignty statutes that, that validate the claim. And I'm saying it's possible that they actually do have, uh, I think it's in Maine. Wait, where is he at? Well, as a rule of the thumb, every time that we present ourselves as one of the people, they don't challenge our sovereignty. Right. right. Awesome. Good shit. And further, all, all power is inherent in the people. That That's Oregon's... Constitution, Article One, Section One, and Jefferson quoted that phrase, uh, saying that it's in uh, at, in his time it was in most of the state constitutions then existing. So this is a fundamental principle of the organic law of our American nation that all power is inherent in the people. So when you start talking about how uh, uh, we are one of the people, we are sovereign, you're just restating something that everybody that has, has graduated from law school and claims to be a judge uh, should, it, it should, should know. This is basic 101 law school. Well, there's also the fact that, I mean, it's not so basic, Charles, because when you when you think about um, that people has been defined by different courts to mean different things, it shows you that there's really no standard. What I'm saying is that there's no standard, really, that's, that we can use to measure who... There is a standard. Is, it's being ignored by the corruption. 
I'm saying you can make your own standard if there is not one. There is a standard already established. And what standard? Chisholm versus Georgia said clearly all the the sovereignty has descended to the people. Mm -hmm. That's the authority of the King of England. When the King of England was dethroned in America, all of the sovereignty of the king came down to each and every American qualified elector. And they admit that, but they they, they swamp it all in a big sea of Roman civil municipal confusion, statutory codes that say, oh, and their silent judicial notice that they that, that they've got the authority to treat us all as as as, as uh, uh, people who have consented be, to be governed by the social engineering schemes right. of some private religious jurisdiction that has authority to treat us like slaves. Right. That that's what they're doing behind the scenes under cloak of color of darkness. Um, Absolutely. I, as soon as we start shining light on it, uh, they they refuse to engage with us, and and we're probably not going to get people like Sam busted out of jail until a whole bunch of us get get in front of a courthouse and 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 and. Uh, uh, start moving forward with with well focused documents uh, and, and people in in our leadership positions that have the words on the tip of their tongue to to cut through uh, uh, any obstructions that the agents of evil might be articulating against us. Perfect, Charles. Well put. I have to run right now. Um, All right. Well, can you hold it down for me? And. Yeah. Just hold it. Do your thing. I appreciate being on the call and you guys being so patient with me. I know that I'm learning how to dialogue more when I'm <clears throat> I'm not been a part of any groups like this in my entire life. So I have to uh, there's going to be like a transition period um my communications and I hope that you guys can be patient with me while while I adjust. So. Your last words there are are very precious to me and I believe the others also done. Thank you. Cool. I'll call you. Thanks, Shorty, for the call. Okay. Um, I have your document here, your stuff. If I could get transcript. I mean, really, the first proceedings, the, the initial pleadings of the state are what I want to see. Well, I'll do what I can to work on it. I will talk to the group and see what I can come up with. Excellent. I appreciate your help tonight and helping me help you. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. All right. Thank you. Well, it's been an interesting program. It's now six minutes after 10. If everyone is ready, uh, we can... Uh, Get our uh, midnight rations and go to bed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you little assassin, you know what I mean? Yeah, we got to charge them batteries up a little bit so they can run another another strike. <laughs> well, you know, tomorrow's another day, and no telling what's going to give tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tomorrow's another day, and if it is not, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, what happened to Jake? I don't know if he jumped okay. off or what. Well, 
least I'm uh, I'm really excited that you're coming up to the table with us, and we can talk about things. Uh, and Marvin, and Andrew, hey. you know. Uh, otherwise, uh, I might get beat up pretty bad sometimes. Hey, <laughs> Jonas, uh, what about your case? How's it going? Uh, they have shot me back with a motion to show cause on why I did not present my assets. And that's coming up August the 2nd for a hearing on that one. And I'm still working on stuff. We're still working on stuff on that one. Are you going to put a motion in to quash that? Trying to. She's trying to put some stuff together on that. I was thinking I'd say something tonight on that, <clears throat> what she put together on it, but I have not yet. And I think where I've made my mistake, where they have tricked me into it under a couple hearings there where they've pinpointed what, how I eat and asking all kinds of questions and me got loose with my tongue and said I was a spoon and a plate. How do you think we eat? <laughs> and different things like that where I literally, I see I made a big mistake by even letting my tongue slide on a couple of things where they pressured me down on instead of just keep holding them that I don't consent to their proceedings and they have no no right to no jurisdiction over it. But that's what we're fighting to now counteract on where I screwed up as far as my assets because I have delivered my assets and I am my biggest assets as my body, flesh and blood. So yeah. Well you can challenge them at any point in the game. Well that's what we're trying to do is challenge them challenge them on where I screwed up because when I told them that we do have assets here to do work, whatever, I now have to, because I have sworn under oath under the penalties of perjury, that it's true and correct. And now I'm going to have to go ahead and tell them what my assets and who really owns the assets that are available to my carcass as I use them, which is, my wife and children's assets, and I only have the ability to use them while I am here, not before or after. So mm-hmm. she's writing that up because after I'm dead and gone, those are going to be somebody else's assets. They will no longer be mine, so they're not mine now. They're only here for me to use while I am here, so that's what we're working on. Okay. But where it goes from there, the Lord only knows. I don't know. We're trying to get something together, and we've been talking a couple of different times. I talked to her last night again there, and she was trying to get all that stuff back together cause because of my screw-up and lack of knowledge, not enough education under the lawful instead of the legal, which is a privilege from another hypocrite, if I read it right in the Bible. Um, UCC 1-308 takes you out of that uh, contract. Yeah, I filed that in 
a lot of different sections in my documents. Okay. And it seems like they just keep on trying to keep on walking with it, trying to keep prolonging it. And I don't know if that's some of the stuff that holds up, but they try to, well, if I only had enough education to know exactly what I'm talking about, I'd be able to talk better. But (laughs) I get really confused confused and tightened up, so I need to get loosened up and know my stuff better. Yeah, one thing you want to remember when you're in court, it's not a man in front of you, it's a corporate entity, and a corporate entity is a devil. Yeah. So remember. It's a fiction. Yeah, you're, you're fighting the devil. You're, you're fighting the devil, not a man. Yep. And that's why I wave my, my uh, birth certificate and my baptismal record with my UCC finance statement filing where I put a lien against all my assets that I own with a $14 trillion lien so they can go ahead and whenever they want to collect $5, they can bring me my $14 trillion and then I can easily afford paying my $5, whatever, whatever they claim. But... Our claim has to be under reason. Yeah. But uh, that's the documents that I've got from the United States Saturday. When I come home, that's what I have in my mailbox. But I have filed an emotion for a hearing on 8 2 of 17. Hmm. So that's a motion to show cause, and so I would uh, uh, file a motion to quash that. Yeah, that's what what we're trying to get together is a motion to quash that and file lawsuits against the corporate where they stand in or more or less burnt the building that the group is in, and then start grabbing the rats as they come out and choke them each individually, separately. So, and how to do all that, I myself don't know. That's why I'm Checking to see what he comes up with and then reading over it and trying to make sure that I understand what all what all she knows about it and what all you guys are saying. I've been researching it and it's been a lot of good information, a lot of good help on it. So everything together, we're educating ourselves, I guess. Uh. Here's a dispatch I got. It said the first time ever a prosecutor will go to jail for wrongly, wrongful conviction of an innocent man. That's down in Texas. Down in Texas? That, yeah. Yeah. That would be good to, to get this prosecutor or whatever to go to jail, you know. Time permits, mm-hmm. take the go, and we'll just deal with it. 
I'm going to have to uh, sign off. i got a few things to do. You guys are welcome to stay on if you like. And I'll talk to everyone at another time. Um, yeah, good evening, Jordy. Lord yep. bless Same to you. Yep. I'm Marvin. Yeah. You you didn't by any chance ask him anything about the transcript or if they, anybody ordered that transcript or or anything, yeah. did you? I did, um, but they did not have it yet. They they said it'd be Thursday or Friday before they see it. You know what? If there was any way that I could get in, they can email me that transcript way before they can ever send it to me. That's what I did with mine, not the one of mine. I called back in and talked to them up the transcript outfit, and they said, "Oh, sure, they can email it right to me." And I had my, I had it in the email less than twenty minutes. Oh wow! And then I could print it off myself right here. Mm-hmm. So, you got but, any contact info? In- can you contact them boys anyway? They they won't they won't return no calls. Who is that? The the family. Oh, I don't know who I can contact. By oh, Becky is the only one that I know, and I don't know how far she's from there. Okay. Well, can you can you get that transcript email to you? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call. Or email her and check and see if if she can have them email it to her and then she can email it to me. Yeah, there you go. That would be a big help. That's something that uh, we really need in a bad way. Well, I guess I'm going to get off here unless there's something else, but I believe I'm going to hit the sack. Are you still there, Marvin? Yes, sir. I was was asking, I don't know if you heard what I was asking. I guess my speaker went off. (laughs) Uh, Do you know where Becky lives from there? She lives in Moorhead. It's uh, about, uh, I think, like 30, 40 miles from Samuel. Okay. I think that she's staying updated with that stuff, and that's why I was wondering how far she is there if I couldn't get her to. Or if she's staying updated with it, she probably knows how to get the uh, how to get the transcript by email through the transcript company there. Yeah, she might. She might. I do not have her contact info, but if you do, see if she'll get it for you. All right. I'm going to shoot her an email and just try to see what I can find out because I doubt it Alan is around there anymore. He's probably long gone. Yeah, I'd say he's back in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I guess that's one way I might be able to get a hold of get a hold of it. I couldn't figure out. I can't get a hold of anybody anybody up through there to come back. I don't know what happened. They told me they'd try and have it Monday or sent me information that Tommy was wanting done Monday, and I haven't heard nothing Monday or today. Right. So totally got me stumped. What's what's going on? Or are they all? back thinking it's over or what the deal is? I, I don't know, but they don't realize what they don't realize. The ball is in their court now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think. I, I just don't don't know what to think. When I talked to them uh, last night, the boys said something about uh, letting this Michael Brown go ahead and, and, and and uh, do the file, uh, the, I mean, the reappeal papers. He's, a, he's been a working on getting it reappealed and then having us go on. But that's uh, that's just them boys talking. I haven't talked to Samuel himself. And you, can't, you couldn't get a hold of Sam either to find out if he found something out. I, uh, I talked to his wife today. She called. Um, she said Sam would call me back if he got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they told me they're not answer- they're not returning their calls either. Hmm. So. It's like one game's been beaten, now all the players are going to go to sleep. <laughs> well, it, 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 they, it, it appears that way, and that's not the way to be. I know. The game is not beat. It's not beat yet. No, but in their mind, they're probably thinking that. Uh, yeah, but I I like what uh, Charles said about the um, the jury setting up a jury with yeah. the local community, and that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. With that special master, if you have a jury and then use the, the special, that's where the special master would then, would then have the power and authority to walk forward once you have a jury appointed. Yes, yes, yes. And that's where you got to have somebody that knows their opponent to be able to hold firm and go talk slide in like that guy did with the judge, put him on a black devil suit and tie and everything else and just slide right in there with him and overhear the conversation. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, That was so freaking sweet, that guy that did that as a a special master. Did you get to listen to any of them? No, I had not. Well, the, the guy that was appointed by the guy in jail set everything up and appointed this man to be his special master and then he figured okay well he's got everything together and he just figured he might as well go get his suit and everything like these false gods use you know so the morning of the court for the hearing he slid in there bright and early and a little before the rest of them would 
and entered on them back into the judge's chamber and everything. And the judge come in and he looked and they started acting, you know, the judge didn't let a whole lot on. That this strange guy all dressed up like a lawyer is standing right in there with him. And he told him he's not here to have any argument, cause any friction, or do anything out of line. He's just here to uphold, and he's got a case today, and he's wanting to run this case while the judge is just okayed everything, sort of, and like, oh, all right. And, and this lawyer pops in, and uh, a lawyer is not supposed to tell the judge anything, you know. Right. And it, it was under the same case that this special master was in there for that this ju- uh, lawyer come in and started running about the case that the special master's in. And the judge was smart enough to catch on quick enough that he shut the lawyer off and hushed him up real quick, you know, after three, four, five sentences said the judge shut the lawyer off because he come to senses that this other lawyer or this other judge standing in there might be in on this case, so don't mess up the plan. And, well, it's done been messed up because this, the lawyer done rutted out. <laughs> and uh, done screwed up because he didn't realize that this was a common law of the land judge as a special master standing in there and then caught his rut. <laughs> oh my goodness. And he when they come out, he he just took control of the court right under out of the judge, the legal judge, uh-huh. and the lawful judge or the special master, he he pulled pulled it right under out and took the case right on from there when the judge was actually to start talking. He just took control of it and run the case and told him everything the way he did and they walked him out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not so freaked the judge out, but if you watch them cases on the YouTube, you will freaking laugh because it's a five part that's what Shorty was talking about he sent them YouTubes out and I was zooming through them as I was doing my long distance drives tonight right before the call I was trying to watch it I didn't watch all of them but I got to watch most of it where he come in and took control of the court system and left the legal law judge set there like he was a rotten stump and took control of the courtroom and run her. <laughs> wow. But you gotta know you gotta know your courts, how they operate and when to talk and when to not talk and that's that was a good part of it. So there's a there's a lot of information there. Yeah, there's uh, you 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 can't just walk in a courtroom and never been in a devil's ring of fire and and think you can play the game and not get scorched. you right. got to go in there and watch them and know when to move and when to play and when to not play. Right. Uh, and that's that's what he did. And 
I was laughing going down the road. I thought that is so cool. <laughs> are you on, Danny? Am I what? I was trying to check and see if Danny oh. Danny was still on. Or is that you, Barry, that's on yet? Let me see who yeah. it says. Yeah, it's up. Danny had jumped back on. He must have jumped back to monetize or something. I don't know. Okay. He was jumping back and forth, and he called me, and, and I'd connect him again, and then he was on for half an hour, and then he jumped back off, so I don't know. He's off now again. Okay. But I had to send it to Danny so he can try and quick watch some of it, too, to see how his special master flipped right into the case and how a prisoner sitting in jail behind bars put this all together and appointed a special master from behind bars and pulled himself right out of jail. Wow. That is phenomenal. That that shows that you can do stuff sitting behind them bars and like Samuel sitting there, man, he needs to be studying up if he just knows where to go read up on it, which he's not going to get all this information overnight, but that would be a really good time to be educating on high principles of education. Right. If he just yeah. knows how how to look it up, but you can look toward the wrong stuff and get yourself all the way back down in the sinkhole by not knowing which statutes, which codes, which laws to look at. Right. Like like the people or the state or the federal or what, and you could be reading the federal shit hoping that it, you're reading the people's stuff, and or you might be reading the state stuff and not knowing that you're reading the federal stuff if you don't know how to look toward your documents before you read them. Okay. And that's where it's so cotton-pick and tricky that is aggravating as a dickin because you got to know, like he was saying tonight, the people, we the people, and then it's the state, and then it's the federal. So we got three different groups of government that we are playing with. And if you don't watch which government you are abiding to, well, then you can fall under any jurisdiction without even knowing it and thinking that you are following what's good faith belief is constitution. So the constitution falls under a good faith, your good faith belief, whatever you believe that is good and right and true and accurate is the constitution. It's common sense. It's constitution. Yes. So when they wrote up the constitution, it was all by common sense. It wasn't wrote up by some legal law code hypocrites. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was wrote up with people that had teaching, had learning by the word, and through common sense, they tried to make it workable for the average man out here dealing with the corporation to be able to hold a divider line between the Constitution and the corporation. Right. And that's where the Constitution falls under common sense. Right, right. I mean, it's... What was that lady's name that um, you was telling me 
could uh, I think it was the day about taking all them judges and lawyers Anna, Anna von Ritz or Anna von Rice. A N N. Von is V O N. Mm-hmm. Rights is like R E I T Z, I think. R E I like T Z. Yeah, I think it's. Let me look it up here. I can look it up here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second here, let me. Okay. It would be nice to know what the venue she goes. To get a uh, a constitutional um, judge in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. It's A N N A and V O N R E I T Z. All right, that's what I got. He's got one listed here of 2017. I wonder what that's. I haven't been updating on her, but she's got a Anna von Ritz 2017 doing something here, and I don't know without pulling it up. And when I pull it up, it'll probably go. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'd be able to hear it here on my end, and that block your sound and everything. Right. Well, that's no big deal. But uh, you are. Enough. We just we just need to figure out what she is doing. Yeah. Um, well, she's. Uh, how how should I say it? <sighs> she follows. She totally follows the Ten Commandments, the Amendments, the Bill of Rights the Constitution, and the color of, uses law. the color of law. And uh, and she goes into the, well, she turns everything into the common law of the land, courts of record, with the Supreme Court rulings, which are the Supreme Court rulings based by the public law 97-280, which is, the public law, the word of God, and the rock that we stand on. Mm-hmm. So, she, I don't know how, how she does it, but she literally trumps the corporate society big time. They, they just don't gain no jurisdiction over her whatsoever. And that's where it's really powerful. But as far as this judge do, if I could just get information from the Gerards to get him in so he can send us the real talk book to this or the real key to get into this crap that we're dealing with is what I really was hoping to get a hold of but I did not get get nothing and that's what Samuel was wanting me to do but the last time I talked to him, he said he is definitely wanting to join this and whatever he has to do, if he doesn't do it before, he's wanting to do it when he gets out. And I couldn't get no information from the family to go with. So he won't 
give you the key to what avenue to take without Samuel's consent or what? No, well, he wants him to be. He has no clue who he is whatsoever or what's going on. We sent him some information. They said put him in the tribal because if he's not into the tribal, it, he cannot he cannot protect him. It's like if you're not in if you're not an American citizen, you come from Greek or whatever, and you're over here trying to say you're American, I can't pronounce you American because you are from Russia or wherever until you get a diploma saying that you are an American. Now you're an American citizen. And that's what he's waiting on until he claims himself to be a adopted to the tribal law. He can't do nothing. And that's the problem we have without getting the birth certificate or a copy of the birth certificate or a couple Bible verses with signatures behind or anything like that. We can't move forward as far as with monitor or with judging and do. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's waiting on. It's like the Amish won't won't let somebody sit in the church without being uh, joining that church group. Yeah. If you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that's the problem I've got of getting any information because he can't pronounce them even one of his children or one of his group until we push him in or put him in his group. Then does he have power and authority and over anything else. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I don't... So he, needs, I don't. He, needs to, he needs to join it before they can do anything for him, then, you're saying? Yeah, he has to be... He has to be joined in to the tribal law before the tribal law can do anything for him and hold them hostage for taking one of their children. Okay. If you understand, like if you claimed a kid off of the street without adoption papers, they won't recognize a word that you say until he is adopted into your family. Now do you have power and authority over him? Yeah. Okay. To fight to fight anybody else off of him. And that's what Judge Nadu is going crazy about that he needs to get in so we can claim him as our child so we can fight against the wolves because I he has not to come in yet. And without any records of him, I cannot enter him into the tribal law. Okay. Are you um, are you a member there? Yes. Okay. Is he doing yeah. anything? Is he doing anything for you on your case? I haven't. I just joined in two weeks two weeks ago. Oh, okay. The first, I jumped in, which was actually right over the time I went up to Samuel's one 
we first met up there on this stuff. Because when I went ahead and punched in, I still don't have my certificate back to verify that I am a true member of it. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's coming from Hong Kong, and by the time it comes over here, some guys said it took them up to two, three, four weeks to get it. Okay. But that's what I was waiting on. And quick as I Did get... you have to prove, prove anything over here? Like in court? When I go like into what? court, yeah, I got to have my certificate. Same as I'm using my birth certificate. Or my yeah, birth certificate that I've got claiming as a legal fiction or a corporate agent. I would mm-hmm. have to have that to verify that I am a now a tribal adopted member. Under so 25 USC 450N and under the 25 USC 1301. And then I can use, I can jump down to my 15 USC section 1 through Seven for their penalties for violating my God-given constitutional rights as a American Native private inhabitant. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So that they they can't even get you in the court system then. No, I don't belong there. That's why once you join that, you. You don't even enter in their court system because that's a corporate fiction ship that you're walking in if they're claiming to run that. Well, I'm sorry, we don't even we don't even fit in there because that's a total different I'd be like all blacks and a white guy walk in where there's no other white guy and these are all 100% total black, dark black people, a white man is going to stand out big time in that group of black people. So that's that would be the difference of a total Native American private inhabitant walking into a corporate society's house. That'd be like, oh, shit, this guy has way somebody else's sheep. We can't. We have nothing to go against them. So, okay. And that's uh-huh. where it would literally throw us out of their jurisdiction. They would have nothing over us. And then, if they, if they do try to do something, as far as any violation, that would all fall under the. 15 U.S.C. Section 1, 2, 3, all the way to 7, which is a $100 million fine if corporate and a million dollar fine if another person. And that would have to take effect because he would, the tribal member group, law enforcement would step in then if something like that happened. Which so is if, not. If, uh, if the, the corporate entity would come out and, and uh, 
quite a, a rescue for something. You got backing. Yes. Yeah, so he would have backing coming in, and that's why he's trying to set it up in every backing in every state in every county, which hasn't been totally developed yet. Is still in the works. Okay. But there's there's people joining in pretty heavy under the police force for the Native American Law Association. Yeah. But they're they're joining not. into the police force, you think? Yeah, there's guys joining in as the police force right now. But there's not near enough of them. There's millions of people out here, and a couple hundred of them isn't near enough to reach from California to Florida and over into England and Korea and where not all. <laughs> right. And that's why they're trying to build up speed of getting our police force together so when the corporate tries to violate that the natural can jump in and shut her down. Okay. Hmm. But if did you listen to any of them calls under the monetized no, I have not. I have not had a chance. If you listen to any of them, which I know there's a million different calls to listen to, but if you listen to some of those, he, he lays it out real good on there. Okay. Okay. Are, are you still on, Bear? Yeah. Did you listen in on Monetize at all tonight, or was you on this one the whole way through? This one all the way through. But you can verify that that he lays them he lays it out in his calls and he's had quite a few different calls on that plus creating trust how to create your or put everything in bulletproof, gun proof, waterproof, agent proof trust that he's took schooling on as well as or that he's been given schooling as well as on the monetize and everything else. Okay. Well, that would mean uh, that would mean you'd be exempt from uh, paying property taxes in our whole nine yards, right? You don't pay no taxes except help the weak, needy, poor, and whatever. Right. That is our taxes that we are supposed to be paying is helping people. Satisfy his needs, that's taxes. Yeah. Property taxes, real estate taxes, income taxes, all them taxes are now excluded from you, not exempt. They're excluded. They're done and over. You don't pay any of them. Right. But as far as apportion taxes, did we lose you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. 
I don't hear him no more. No, he he fell off for some reason. Is it Danny? It, it should be connected yet because I'm I actually called him. I'm actually connected through him. I didn't okay. call a call, so if me and you are talking, he's in between us somewhere. <laughs> How are you doing this evening? I'm pretty good. Take back out here on the porch and taking it easy, listening. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the special master thing? I don't know. I think I think it, it should work. I've never really heard of it before, but it sounds like it should work. Yeah. Um, has Jonas uh, sent you the videos of it yet? No. Hey, have him have him sent you some of them videos. You'll uh, you'll like them the way it sounds. I I haven't seen them, but it sounds pretty interesting. get a hold of them because they don't have no phones there. There you are again. Yep. So. so. We didn't hear you for about a minute or two there, John. Oh, shoot. What? I don't know why this. Yeah, you just come back on. We just, uh, we've lost you for about, like you said, a minute or two. Now you come back on. Did we lose him again? Are you still there? Yeah. I don't know what this shit's happening. Why am I? It keeps jumping me off. Let's see. Maybe I have to my back phone, up. My phone started doing stupid stuff today by itself. My volume goes up and down by itself. I uh, I lose calls. It just started yep. doing stupid stuff today, and I'm... I think there's something going on more than just the phone itself. Yeah. Oh, mine's been doing it different times tonight. I'd look over and I'd be like, what the shit? Did I lose everybody? And then I'd punch back in and, yeah, they're all there, yeah. (laughs) 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 But I don't know how to... That's why I was saying I don't know how to contact them because I'm way too far away from and I can't get a hold to get any information to know which way or what to do. Well, I am, I learned this much today um, from Sam uh, Sam Schrock, I think his name was. Yeah. He's the guy that was there on the wheelchair and he supposedly went over there after the hearing and talked to him and uh, they was telling him that that I I'm pretty much at fault that he didn't come home. But what what Sam told him um, was good. What 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 he told him? He said, "Well, you guys, if you would have had him right to begin with, you would have never got to this point. He only had two weeks. Yeah, you only give him, you know, and so you can't blame him. 
Uh-huh. But that was good. That I I thought that was good. So I'm kind of getting the blame. And I told my brother-in-law Sam. I said, you know, Sam, um, if things don't, if he doesn't come home Friday, who do you think's gonna get the blame now? Yeah. <laughs> and I told him I said it'll be I'll be getting the blame for it, and it's going that way. But I told him I don't care. I uh, I feel like I've done my part. Um, yeah. Samuel, Samuel had a whole list of stuff to say that he didn't say, and I can show anybody that wants to see the list. I still have the list in my bag, and he only, you know, there was more things that I told him to say to hold a judge to his, to you know, to hold a judge to the to the laws, to his to the laws yeah. of the, the the document, and and he didn't do so. Yeah, I, I can't, I cannot. Tell him what I can tell him what to do, but getting him to do it is two different things. You know, I can tell him and getting him to do it is another thing. Yeah, exactly. But I know, I know his problem, which we've talked and discussed that before. He ever even was in jail. That he was right here at my house and told me that he's got. The same problem that I do when they start once he thinks that they are over top of him, it just freezes them up to where your brain doesn't want to work, and you can't get out what you want to get out. Right. I 100% know the feeling. I've been there and been there way too freaking many times. I hate it, but. I know that's how it works because I think I can say anything. Here I can say anything. But when I'm in there in front of the devil and the devil is screaming in your face or trying to trip you into anything, they know better. They should know how to bring justice before the the man and give him due process. But they do not. They sit there and still try to violate your constitutional rights by questioning you and not give you a due process. And through that, it locks. They know how to play the game to lock up your memory to where you, a common man cannot speak yeah. right out directly. It, there's something that the devil has enough power that he, if somebody is not really strong, that he can fold them over and really screw up his memory. And that's what happens when you are in a court system. I know we can think behind the scenes, looking toward the man sitting there, say this, say that. But when you're right up there and it's yourself, it's a total different story. No, I, I believe it. It's totally hard to say that. But. I think a guy... A guy um if a guy started once and got the hang of it and, and went once or twice in front of the judge and gets himself conditioned to uh, what he's going to meet up with, it would be a different story. Yeah, then, you if, build up, then you build up courage. Yeah, if you can build up that courage and get immune to that evil spirit in front of you yes. to fight, fight it right face to face, but I'm not scared to say over 90% of of the common law people that try to follow as a Christian 
don't have that authority to walk up and just just bully it without getting locked up. Or that's my theory. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, I, I know right. a Christian is learnt or taught to lay down his temper, so we don't have that temper there to fight. And when somebody is fighting in front, all we want to do is turn around and walk away. But by doing that is where we lose our strength to stand up and fight against the devil when he's right there. Right. And we need to stand against the devil like Jesus did when he walked in the temple. Yeah. You know, and do you think Jesus lost his temper that day? <laughs> but I, I, I can imagine that it was very hard, but through the help of God, it made it easier for him. But right, but he was he was he was upset. Yeah, yeah, he was really upset. But he was—I want to say—he was a whole lot closer to God, his Father, than we, than I. Oh, yeah, because. I'm, I've accepted way too much evil, and now to have him that close, to, I gotta fight a, a whole lot harder. <laughs> yes, we have a continuous battle daily. Yeah, we um, uh, we've got it a lot harder than he had it, cause he was pure. Yeah, but still, I don't know. This is Charles. I was knocked off the call for a while. I had a call coming in, but uh, I wanted to let you know I'm back. I I, I recognize Marvin's voice, um, and it sounds like good discussion here. I'm uh, thinking about maybe jumping in a little bit, but go ahead. Sure, jump in. Sure. All right. Well, um, uh, I wanted to point out you 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 you're talking about. Um, Bringing forth God's kingdom, in, in it seems to me, if I might paraphrase, that you, you, you're talking about righteous men coming together to stand up to, to to promote God's holy kingdom of truth and justice on this earth. Is that an accurate summary of what you guys were talking about? Yes. Yes. We was just talking about as far as in our nature of trying to keep our anger and everything laid down and then come up front of some evil spirit talking in our face on a language we don't understand, it is so hard for us to keep our mind focused on what they're saying to even know what to answer it because, I mean, that's my my problem that I've got when I go to court and I stand up there and I know when I walk through that ring of fire, I'm in the devil's ring. I'm on sea. I no longer am on land. And that's where it really bothers my conscience to even go in there and speak in front of a black road, false God. And when they start throwing them punches at, well, I lock up. And it's hard for me to concentrate on what to say, even though I've got it all prepped in my head before I walk in there. Once I walk in there, it's a total different 
story, it's like you're under pressure and it's hard to speak. <laughs> right, well, right. There's one thing to remember, Jonas, and I think this is a very important thing, is when you do go in front of the judge, is bring God's laws up. You know, hold him to God's laws. Yeah. You know, God comes first, and then once you start doing that, and you show him, you don't fear him, the devil can't stand against God. He has no power. Yep. You know, it's something we have to remember and, and we can do. Uh-huh. If we start talking about God in the courtroom and God's laws, the devil has to fly. Well, I know that that does have some some weight to it because when I've the times that I was in for my hearings in front of the judge and when I just flopped pulled up and more or less held him up against the wall with Bible scriptures and told him the reason I cannot speak and consent to false God pleadings. And as it says in under Deuteronomy, because 4, 2, 12, and 32, it says, do not bow to false gods and do not add or subtract to my word under the public law of 97-280. That is the law. God's word is the law, and it's the rock that we stand on. I said, so that makes him a false god if he does not produce his office of oath and his bond to let me know that he has a right to stand where he stands or sits, and he's demanding all this from me as a national private inhabitant. And uh, he said, well, I don't know where you're coming from with all your gibberish. I said, well, that's that's where I'm coming from. I do not consent to any of your proceedings any further because you are not under my jurisdiction. You're trying to get me under your jurisdiction. So I told him what my jurisdiction was as far as what I was in there under the hearing of a bankruptcy court case that the fiduciary duties of a United States trustee is to take the duty that I, as my own trustee, have to enter them in as a United States trustee under 11 U.S.C. 322. It says that the United States trustee's fiduciary duty is to go ahead and offset, discharge all debts to your all-caps fiction. And then that's where they flew up and started running different language words, saying this is all frivolous, this is, don't even amount to nothing, we rule with common law. And then I bounced back saying, well, yeah, you follow the commonly followed law, but you are not following the law of the land because I have not got my due process in this court system. So that's when they bounced off and the judge said, I'll give you so many days to bring forth your assets, which I was holding my assets in my hand, waving it in the air, and said, here is my all-caps fiction to take control of who you are talking to. I can only authorize to this fiction. So I started laughing. I said, that's that's all gibberish to them. 
don't mind to nothing to them. I said, well, I guess I, I don't consent to any further proceedings and I don't waive none of my immunities into this court system and I'm done. Up until they rebut every paragraph, sentence, page, document that I have entered in for I have it all on paper and it needs to be rebutted on paper. And that's where it ended out and it waited until I come home Saturday is when I got another court hearing to show cause, a motion to show cause for my assets. Why I didn't enter in or produce my assets. Well, I produced my assets when I filed my birth certificate of live birth and my baptismal record with my UCC finance statements. Mm-hmm. They're calling it gibberish there, Jonas? Yes, they called it all gibberish. Well, that seems to me to indicate that they think that we're speaking a foreign language. I told them that was under the common law of land, courts of record, under the Supreme Court rulings. Yeah. But see, they're from the Roman civil jurisdiction that only talks about slave trading law. They don't talk about the perfect law of liberty that our uh, uh, Jesus' disciple James talked about in the book of James. Yes, Um, okay. Let me back this up. Before I got into all this, I told them under oath, I am here to change the venue to a common law court, a common law of the land courts of record. And the judge just looked toward me and said, Huh? You can change this to whatever court you want to change it to. I don't care, but all you're talking is gibberish. I said, I wish you'd quit using that word gibberish because it doesn't even fit in here. Well, he's making it fit. He's putting a square peg in a round hole, and he's hammering on it till it fits. Yeah. Um, um, but, see, and the only, if I might add a little bit here, um, the, the only real way that I know of to challenge when a corrupted judge is doing that to you is to have your own judicial officer in the court with you standing up and speaking on your behalf. See, at that point, he's your biblical second witness, and that's also yeah. valid in common law. And and if he's a judicial officer, he can claim uh, equal authority over that court as that corrupted de facto Roman civil municipal judge. Yeah. And that gets to, to the biblical admonition where I, I believe it is an axe or something. Uh, um, uh, uh, I think it might have been the writings of Paul uh, um, where where he says, is there not one person among you that can, can adjudicate these controversies? Do you have to go uh, in front of the, the courts of uh, uh, the world, the corrupted world there? Uh, wh- 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 where, where, where's your wise men? Did you recall that kind of verse? I, I should have, but I did not. 
Okay, well, I'll try to find it for you sometime, but it's there, and it's a clear indicator that, and there's other biblical verses that indicate that Christian people are supposed to adjudicate their own cases for their own people, and, and, and that plugs right into our larger U.S. constitutional system where um, um, uh, each of the jurisdictions is supposed to give full faith and credit to the judicial determinations of all of the other jurisdictions. Yeah. I'm okay, but, but, but it, it, it's fringe Christian theological law that we're talking about here, and, and and most people their eyes just glaze over and they don't want to talk about where the real I could have wrote it down or are it. at here. I was out of law school for a little bit. Okay, well, the most most people their eyes glaze over and they don't really want to talk about where the 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 more powerful legal strategy keys are to bringing forth God's holy kingdom of justice and truth here. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I believe we've got the tool. Do you, do you guys have... Uh, are, are, let me uh, try to get more data as to what we're working with here. Are, are, are you fellows both part of the Amish community? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, do you have people that... That, that might be receptive to an invitation from myself, uh, a national common law scholar that believes that I've got insights into how to empower your Amish community to responsibly self-govern and issue your own jury verdicts under under the rules of the common law as described in the Seventh Amendment? Mm-hmm. Would, would your community be open to... Uh, um, um, trying to learn how to assume that more um, um, uh, assertive power of sovereignty, of responsible self-governing for your own communities? I would have some of our community, but not all of that, them. Right. There's, uh, that's going to be pretty hard to establish. Okay, um, well... Well, maybe to start out, maybe we should try to work with others besides your Amish community there and, and try to nurture with your Amish community because that's where your real real core spiritual values of, of you folks are, is, is at. Um, but um, all of our re- different religious denominations are afflicted similarly. All of, all of the different denominations have some good people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and do this godly righteous work, and there's others that, that, that are, are, are dragging their feet, they don't want to get involved, and they don't want to risk the wrath of the evil empire. And, and, and so, but, but some of us are called to fight this holy spiritual war. There's too many of them want to sit back and watch. And not, well, and not and that's a universal it. problem. That's why those of us that don't want to sit back and watch, in fact, we're commanded by God to not sit back and watch, we yes. need to, set, to, to, to just, for the moment, just to set aside our different communities. Some of us are Amish. I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I no longer follow that, but I still got roots there. And I know there's good Jehovah's Witness people, but the same with the Mormons and the Adventists and, and all the other denominations. I imagine Mennonites and all kinds. Um, um, 
So, but if if we pool our resources from from a multi-denominational Christian background, then we can go ahead and move forward. And and as as time goes on, as as uh, the process grows, um, then then each of our our individual communities will have more and more people involved. And at that point, we can start um, assembling our own separate communities. Uh, in in fully responsible self-governing individual community fashion. Yes, yes. but there there is um, more and more. I guess I should say there is more and more Amish people getting getting involved. I was amazed uh, at the hearing, Jonas. The amount of Amish people was very into it. Yeah, I really was because it, that was totally a shock to me. That's the same with the community I'm in uh, to start out with. I had a quicker shun me for Dylan going to court and fighting a case than what listening, but anymore I keep gaining more listeners and more of them that are joining in and actually following up. But then there's still some that are there's no different than any other religious group. Not all religious groups are Christian groups. Right. Because the religious group doesn't say they're a Christian group. Right. You're right. There are pew fillers. There's a lot of pew fillers in a lot of churches. (laughs) And I'm not scared to admit I was one of them because I I thought I was just a habit and was trying to fulfill the habit until we got down pressured and then I realized that I wasn't the Christian I thought I was. Right. You know, I am that's same with me. I I, I have to admit where I was uh where I was brought up, we was brought up in a dark hole. I'm telling you. The community I was in it was a dark hole. And we had to get out of that box to actually see what we was actually living in. And once a person gets away from it, it opens his eyes to things that you uh, you really seen that was going on, and it uh, it's 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 scary. Yeah. I mean, I, we thought we was Christians, but boy, oh boy, how wrong! The whole world has changed changed its venue, going back to the venue. It's all, the whole world has changed its emotions, its venue, its act, its whatever you want to call it. And now to go look back and try to see where our fathers and all those have burned at the stake and what they've stood for, I don't think we've hardly got a touch in the bucket what they've really stood for. Right, and and that's what we're, we're trying to do is is stand for what they stood for. Yeah. And then they want to they want to kill us for doing it. Yep. It's their nature. It's their nature. They're 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 a, a parasitical type of organization. They don't plant anything in the ground. They don't grow anything. They don't build anything. They 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 suck energy off of the productive working class people. Yep, that's very true. 
That's very true. It, it's, it's the nature of their whole Roman evil empire jurisdiction. It's that's that's the people that nailed Christ to the cross because yeah. what he was talking about was the perfect law of liberty as referred to by the disciple James in his book Close to Revelation there in the end of the Bible. Um, and and but and see that's two different conflicting jurisdictions. You can't have empires ruling everybody as slaves on the one hand and then mix that with the perfect law of liberty on the other because the perfect law of liberty is going to free the slaves. And, and and they don't want the slaves freed. They want them all under mountains of debt, where where they can come in and have um, um, executive officers with guns uh, uh, coerce people into leaving their homes and leaving their gardens and leaving their cars and their boats and everything and turning them over to these uh, uh, guerrilla executive officers. Um, uh, uh, because they got color of legitimacy from their evil empire jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. But, but, and that's why I'm really desperate to try to get some jury trial verdicts together to help some people on a national basis. I talked to other people that, um, um, uh, consider themselves common law scholars and stuff, and 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 it seems like a lot of people that are have studied these kind of things, they kind of get um, um, their own little preconceived notions built in their own mind about how best to do things, and then I come up with these um, um, unfashionable ideas, and and they've got preconceived notions. And, and and they don't really want to um, uh, uh, move forward with the kind of ideas that I'm talking about. Um, well, go ahead. Was that, was that you that was saying that earlier about the people, the state, and the federal? I, I was talking a bit about it. There was another fellow named uh, Donaldson or Jeremiah that, that was um, um, talking about that also. Okay, that's that is one point that I have a very strong feeling that a lot of people do not realize that this world is not operated by one government. It's operated by three. And three? That or two different governments. It's it's always God and the devil. Yeah, so yeah. It's got to be a right and a wrong in every everything. There's a. Uh, how do you say it in English? Now I'm trumped on my moth and lacy pet. <laughs> but uh, that's where a lot of people think or do not know that there is two different governments. That there's a God's government and there's a devil's government. And that's why they think, well, if the government says we have to do so and so, well, then that's how it has to go. No, it is not. Mm. Because the devil does not follow God's law. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, he actively conspires to thwart God's law. Yeah. And I thought that was a pretty good point when he brought that up. A lot of, a lot of us, or I would have never known that if 
I wouldn't have got into the research of studying the law and realizing that we have more than one government out there, or as it says under the Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, or Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4, is where it tells you about the different governments and the the different state capitals, individual capitals, and that's where they take the individuals as taxpayers. Each individual has to file or pay their taxes. Well, it's not talking about the people. It's talking about the capitals of each state according to the offense in each state. And that's if the government doesn't produce enough money. It can come down as far as the capitals, but it's absolutely forbidden upon any individual citizens working in the 50 states of the Union. So, anyhow, if I'm looking toward it and reading it and understanding it right. <laughs> well, I, I, it's been a while since I focused on, on taxes issues, so I'm not real clear on what you're talking about there either, Jonas. But I do know that not only the taxation issue, but all issues concerning the cause of justice are, are as Christians, we need to, the, the whole American constitutional plan was to allow for smaller communities to form their own jural society communities to responsibly self-govern through following due process of law, assembling their own juries from their own venue, from our own venue, and 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 all twelve solemnly affirming that before God we swear that this is a righteous and honorable verdict. Um, and when we have a document like that and we push it in the face of the de facto judges or the de facto courts, at that point, that's, I believe, the most powerful paperwork that we can put in the court record to shut them down because this has already been adjudicated. Unless they can find something wrong with how we follow due process of law according to our paperwork then before their court, then then they need to relinquish jurisdiction over the case and let our people go free. Yeah. Yeah. I am I'm I'm very interested in that. I it all makes perfect sense. And I've said that I've preached that for a long time. That, you know, um I think by the constitution, um there could have been uh, I think it takes twenty five people in a courtroom if we had 25 witnesses stood up before the judge in the courtroom at the day of the sentencing, we could have stopped everything in its tracks. Am I correct on that? Yeah, but I dare suggest that that number is is um, higher than what's really needed. Um, I think we only need 12. Okay, it may be, but I, for some reason I was thinking it was it would it took 25. Well, I, I know where that legend has come from. It's come from Magna Carta 65, where uh, a lot of people are using that as the magic number for a grand jury. Um, 25 is a, a, a popular number for people that are trying to do what they call the common law grand jury um, assemblies. Okay. 
Um, but but if you understand what a grand jury is all about, they're just there. They, they, um, I, I, I don't know if you fellas are watchdogs. Go ahead. What was you saying? They're watchdogs. Yes. <laughs> okay, but well, allow me please to um, briefly describe that that there was a major event in in history of our Anglo-American tradition that that happened in 1066 A.D. in England. Are you guys familiar with that? I've read a little bit about it, but I have not really researched it. Okay, well, l- let me let me briefly try to explain it here quickly. Um, uh, th- that was called the Norman Conquest of England in 1066 A.D. And mm-hmm. prior to that time, a fairly pure form of Christian Israelite government had existed in in England, where the Christian people there were responsibly self-governing under the same hierarchy that's described in Exodus 18, where uh, 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 Aaron or Jethro told Moses that he needs to appoint captains over tens and captains over fifties and captains over hundreds and captains over thousands. And they adjudicate the small cases and and uh, the ones that they can't handle, they'll pass on up the hierarchy and, and then Moses can just adjudicate the really serious, complicated case, and he won't be running himself ragged trying to micromanage the whole Israelite nation. Correct. That was Jethro that that, um, told Moses that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're up to speed on that there, brother. Um, um, But but that that all changed in 1066 A.D. in England, where the, our, our people were in substantial conformity, carrying on from the work of Christ, I believe, um, uh, which was the mandate of heaven. Um, uh, but when when Rome and the Pharisee Jews came in in 1066 A.D., they they killed most of 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 the white Christian Protestants that were there, uh, uh, and, and and the ones that survived, they indoctrinated them to uh, uh, perverted versions of the common law. They still uh, allowed jury trial, but they, it's like modern jury trial processes in most of the courts where they've got all kinds of rules of evidence, and they can manipulate it to where 90, 95% of the time they get an oppressive verdict anyway, while they're still maintaining some color of legitimacy under traditional common law. That serves their interest, and so that's why they do it that way, if that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, well, see, and, and, and then Magna Carta happened in 1215, 150 years later or so. And, and, and Magna Carta, the, in Magna Carta, uh, that, that was a pendulum swing back where the people and the barons really wanted to go back, at least in large part. They didn't go all the way. The barons were compromised, but, but they at least went, in large part, they went back to um, a, a more pure form of common law. And they said that um, there, there's a provision in Magna Carta, I forget which one, but it says clearly that that the officers of the king 
who was from Roman civil law government, uh, the, the officers of the king cannot bring their own complaints against any of the people. It has to be um, another person from uh, uh, the community that has to swear out a criminal complaint against the people before the king can prosecute them or any of these agents can prosecute them for any kind of crime. Hmm. Okay, yeah, it's a real powerful pos- uh, proposition, and it's solid in Magna Carta. And and so what they did is they engineered what they called the grand jury. And that is where the king gets a, bamboozles a whole bunch of commoners together and, and, and talks gets them together in a private little setting and, and, and gets them to sign on to an agreement that, that some other commoner did something seriously bad and nasty and, and therefore he needs to go to jail. And, 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 and that, that circumvents that provision of Magna Carta where it's the people then giving color of legitimacy to the evil schemes of the evil Roman law-based government. Okay, that's that's what I believe a grand jury is all about. But if you look at real pure common law, there was in in real pure common law, anybody can bring a criminal complaint. The, the whole purpose of a grand jury, as I imagine you guys are up to speed on, is to establish quote probable cause to form the belief that a crime has been committed. Unquote. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? Oregon statutes and most statutes of most states that talk about due process of law, they say that any time any natural person swears out a criminal complaint on his oath, and it's properly witnessed by a notary public or two witnesses or anything like that, like an affidavit, a sworn affidavit, it's sworn testimony, evidence before a court, at that point, that sworn criminal complaint does the same thing as a grand jury with a whole lot less hoopla rigmarole, uh, that sworn criminal complaint establishes, quote, probable cause to form the belief that a crime has been committed, unquote. At that point, the, the judicial officer, the magistrate of, of the jurisdiction in question, and it could be a pure Amish jurisdiction, keep in mind how this could all come together, um, but whoever the judicial officer is, he not only has the right, but he has the duty. At least in Oregon statute, it says he must issue an arrest warrant. That means no discretion. You see, the moving party bringing forth the criminal complaint has the authority to cause all judicial officers to have duties to issue arrest warrants. But guess what? Are all of our judicial officers in present control anyway, are all corrupted. And so when we bring criminal complaints before them, as I'm sure you guys realize, if we bring forth a criminal complaint, they're just going to throw it in the trash, and they and they won't give it any respect because we're talking about corrupted agents of, of the government, right? Yep, yeah. Okay, well, see, we got that underscores where where the the real pivot point of of the friction for the whole machinery of government is in the judicial offices because the judicial offices get to decide who the warrants for arrest are issued against. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why we need desperately to appoint our own judicial officers and to back them up with juries, because a lot of people that have assumed these judicial authorities, especially under the laws of commerce, and, and, and tried to do things, they end up getting sent to jail. But I don't think – well, there have been a few instances where a few people have done jury verdicts where that also resulted in jail, but, but those people were, were doing things really goofy. I think it could be engineered real well where if we had people of courage that are willing to be point men, judicial officers, being the first ones to get arrested if it's going to come to that, um, uh, on a national level – to start issuing some kind of jury verdict documents that would start bringing forth freedom to our people and start holding uh, uh, the, the, the corrupted judiciary and executive officers, start holding their feet to the flame uh, because of their criminal complicity and what they're doing to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where we need numbers. We need uh, we need to get before anybody moves forward. You need uh, uh, you need numbers of people because volume speaks. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you guys are both concerned about Sam's case, right? Oh yeah. All right. Well, I can't help but think that there's other things that we could do in Sam's case in supplement to what Shorty's doing here. Yeah. Um and and one of the big things I'd like to do is start working on uh what kind of wording would be appropriate for a jury verdict to declare Sam innocent not guilty of of these crimes alleged against him um um because I believe if we put 12 signatures on that and we shove it in the face of uh the corrupted judges and 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 the the, the wardens of the prison system there that that we can start making sparks fly with some paperwork like that. I am. Um, I agree. That's what I was telling, talking to Jonas earlier. I said I um, I really like what Charles was talking about. I said that's something we may have to look into. But do you guys got my phone number? Um, I don't have your personal number. I don't think. I just got the conference line. All right, all right. Well, uh, if you got a pencil or something handy there, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you guys. All right. Yep, 503-676-8048. Say that again, 8 what? 503-676-8048. All right, I got it. I missed that zero. Okay. And I'm in Sandy, Oregon. We're just, just a little bit east of Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are both welcome to um, call me anytime you feel like it. And um, if you do email, I, I think, uh, Marvin, you got my email address. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What? What was your name again? I did not catch that. Charles Stewart. Charles Stewart. Yeah, I was born and raised in Alaska, but um, uh, and I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness up there. Um, hmm. But when I was in my 
late 30s, I moved down to Oregon here. And before my parents went to Alaska in the 50s, uh, they were from Oregon, too, on both sides. And so I got long family roots in Oregon here, even though I've also got some serious roots in Alaska up there. Mm. But I'd like to say something else. Um, and I think this might be uh, a compliment to your Amish community, uh, is that um, uh, under Black's Law Dictionary definition of fair trial, um, um, they, uh, it, it, it uses a phrase, well, let me try to pull up the, um, um, the precise quotation here. Um, well... There we are. Um, fair trial. Um, there, there's there's a phrase. Fair, fair, fair trial. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fair trial uh, is part of it. Uh, 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 Jerry picking a particular sentence out of a number of sentences here defining fair trial. It says. One of the sentences says, a trial before an impartial judge and an impartial jury and in an atmosphere of judicial calm. Okay? That, that, that last, those last two words, judicial calm, is the key ingredient here. And I want to say that, that, that the pace, the tone of the conversation with you two fellows here, mm-hmm. this is judicial calm. We go slow and steady, turtle speed, step by step, and we measure twice so that when we cut once, we're cutting right and we're not goofing it up. Mm-hmm. That's slow and steady, and, and and that's exactly where we need to be. That that That's how God's Holy Spirit functions. We need to be serious about um, all of the decisions that we make with regard to 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 what we're doing to try to bring forth God's holy kingdom of truth and justice on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 with reference, you know, Shorty Shorty's real good in that area also. But we had another fella in the conference here a little bit earlier, Donaldson Jer, uh, Jeremiah Guthrie is his real name. He goes by the alias of Donaldson. Um, and and his his spirit is more contentious and fast paced. He frequently loses any semblance of what could be called judicial calm. Mm-hmm. And and while he's got a lot of resources that he's bringing to the table here, which are valuable, um, there's times where I just start pulling my hair out, and I want to, um, um, you, you know. Did, Bring the discussion back into what we're having right now, where we're all sharing the microphone. We all pause long enough to allow the other person to talk. If if he might have something to say, we're, we're all interacting with sincere concerns for maintaining respect for what the other fellow might have to say, right? All right. That that's how God's Holy Spirit flows. That's what judicial calm is really supposed to be all about, and it's an essential element of due process of law and a fair trial, as articulated by Black's Law Dictionary here. Mm-hmm. 
so I, I want you fellas to know that that I like sharing God's Holy Spirit with you guys, okay? Because this, this is where our real horsepower is. Because we we take the time, each of us, to 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 run it through our own minds to figure out if what the other fellow on the other end of the telephone is saying, if, if if that really rings true with God. We're not just embracing something just because of peer pressure or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Sound right to you, yes? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the very word, judicial process and judgment, it, 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 they're 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 related to the land of Judea uh, and jurisprudence is and judicial jurisprudence is related to the word Jerusalem jurisprudence jurisprudence jurisdiction Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So you know our our entire common law history is so rooted in the, the biblical laws of Israel that that when when we understand that that, that that's the beautiful side of, of the grand legacy that we've got here through our Christian common law Protestant tradition. Um but conversely the agents of evil from Rome are coming in and saying that they got a uh uh governess because we're too irresponsible, and they need to be able to coerce us under their 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 requirements for licenses, and franchise, and statutory code compliance, and all that kind of gobbledygook. Hmm. That's what they say, isn't it? Yeah. 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 They did. They're smothering us in mountains of red tape. That's why Samuel's in jails because he didn't have the proper permits and paperwork and uh, labeling on, on the products that he was selling for to satisfy their bureaucratic needs, right? Well, yes, but they did they did get on him about the labels. He did change labels. He did everything they wanted to, but they still come and get him. Yeah, because it's not really about the labels. It's about control and, and, and keeping alternative cancer therapies hidden from the people and stuff like that, right? Yes, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, see, that's pure and simple evil. Oh, absolutely. Well, God's got a remedy for evil. And, and, and oh, yeah. God's people... Yeah, go ahead. Now, you know, you're saying what, what we've talked about, this 12 signature document. Um... Who would process that? I could put something like that together. Can you? I, I believe I can. I, I I would need to know essential elements of the case. Um, I haven't seen... Shorty hasn't shared with me much of the paperwork uh, of the case, especially the charging documents. I think Donaldson Jeremiah was also asking for more documents there. Um, and And... and he, Donaldson Jeremiah could also be of assistance in this if I can keep him on a short leash and he won't be grandstanding and destroying our judicial calm. Um, 
he he is useful in those areas. But um, um, uh, if if either of you or Shorty or combinations thereof can can try to get some more documents to me so that um, um, I, I can work on uh, trying to put together a national common law jury verdict uh, for us. I, I'd be one juror willing to sign on. I thirst for this kind of stuff, and I imagine Shorty would too, and and probably Don too, and 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 and, and you fellas. Boom! At that point, we've got five already, and and um, um, it wouldn't take much to put it together. And and I guarantee you, almost nobody ever does this. But 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 when it's done, I I I know how they think. Not to blow my horn like Donaldson Jeremiah does, but I I have been in. I'm 62 years old. I've been in this since my 30s, and and um um I know that that things like this really messes with them, and 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 the law requires the law requires them to give respect to our judgments. Mm-hmm. Hey Jonas. Yeah. Do you have you ain't got his email, have you? Charles? You wouldn't want to give him your email. He's got uh, I, I can give you my email. Um um th- my my main email address is Charles at my main webpage. Charles at constitutionalgov.us. And I'll spell everything after the at sign. I presume you know how to Spell Charles and do the outside, but everything after that is same as my web page. It's constitutionalgov.us, spelled as C O N S T I T. Can you email that to me? I'm pretty slow on. Okay. Okay. What, what, what's your email address? J Delagrange, which is J D E L. A G R A N G E seventy four at gmail dot com. You got um, okay, L- let me read that back to you here. Um, um, refresh my memory, your name? Jonas Gallagher. Gallagher? Delagrange. D-E-L-A-G-R-A-N-G-E. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And and the the first part of your email address before the at sign is J D E L E G R A N G E seventy four. Is that correct? I think it's the A right after the L. There's what after the L? A as an apple. D E L A G R A N G E. Okay. Seventy four at gmail dot com. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's in uh in your name also is an A there, right? Yes. Yeah, your last name. Okay. J O N A S is my name. Okay. Okay. Um um my constitutional gov that US email address is blocked from um um uh t- by gmail gmail will not allow me to um um communicate directly with um um gmail account holders um i try to encourage people to find some something else besides gmail but i i've got a workaround so i'll be sending uh an email to both of you fellows here i, th- I believe i've already got your email address marvin and i'll yeah. i'll send you both an email from uh, another account that I've got of, that'll be different, but if <clears throat> you guys want to reply to my email uh, that comes to you, uh, try to hit reply all so that it's also coming to my constitutional gov email address because I'll, I'll, I, I watch that much more closely and I rarely get over to my other account for just working with Gmail. Okay. Okay, and uh, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll send you my phone number and details about me and uh, a little bit of background and um, and we can move forward on this, fellas. You, 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 I'll send you my phone number and and I I don't think Shorty will take personal offense if you guys start talking to me directly about um um. Um, trying to put together a, a national common law jury verdict for for Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, no, it's, and a, it's a it's a different it's a different field than what we have been working. Yeah, yeah, it's a different strategy, and, and it's not necessarily in conflict. We can still be be given Shorty all the support that he needs to move forward with his strategy, but we're also doing something else. And, and we might catch them in a crossfire here somehow to where one way or the other we're putting enough pressure on them to release Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 